Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sun Rental. Michael Cotton. Sun Rental. Michael Cotton. Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy. Boutros Golly. Michael. Sun Rental. Cotton. Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. This is Fergie Jenkins. You're listening to Sean Randall, the 69th Beth Cup Podcast. Michael, do I have to replay Fergie each time to teach you how to say Sean Rando, the name of this show? <laughs> what is going on over there? It's been eight years you've been on this pro- on this podcast, now TV show, and you still can't do it right. I don't understand. Hi. Yeah. Hi, can everybody. I, can I tell you the worst part about having to listen to, like, before the show, actually listen to the theme song? Is listening to my dumbass yelling Michael Cotton and Utros guy <laughs> freaking hate it. We look, we got we got Crawley now. I say you write a, a completely new song, and you you put Crawley in there somehow. Maybe maybe not me at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you got to be in there. I'm gonna have I'm gonna go alternate. Uh, sometimes it's gonna be Crawley going Crawley, and sometimes it's you going. Cotton. <laughs> uh, I, no. can't, I can't think of another sh- song. If I made if I made a new song, it'd be like when they're going to switch out "Go Cubs Go" someday, um, uh, and then everybody's going to get mad at the Cubs. I'm going to change the theme song and be like, "What happened to the old theme song?" And be like, "I switched it." Um, uh, Carrie, br- I accidentally brought her. Um, uh, brought uh, Carrie Bonner. Bonner yeah. Carrie Bronner Myers quote on asking if we were going to be on Periscope. Yes, we will be on Crawley's Periscope, my Periscope. Uh, we're on YouTube right now. We're on Facebook on the Sun Ranto Ranchers page, and we're broadcasting live on the uh, Crawley's Clubhouse as well. Uh, Dan Nielsen is suggesting that we use his Michael Cotton song, and I, I actually do uh, have that. Um, <laughs> what, what, Creepy Crawley. I think it works. Creepy Crawley. I think it a tree. Crowley and the Sun Rental Show. Michael Cotton. <laughs> so, but, but I think it, it, it's better just because it's not me. I think Mike. I, I think the one that Dan Nielsen means is the one that goes sodium flowing through his veins <laughs> with hundred Swanson meals every day. Do you remember that one? Oh, I do. Yeah, I don't have that one loaded in, but I should get that one back for next time you go on one of your Swanson Swanson diets. Those are always good. 
Um, so yeah, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show, everybody. Uh, I'm Danny Rocket. Uh, up there in the uh, the left field corner is Michael Cotton, and in uh, up in right field got Crawley. And uh, I guess what am I the 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 left out? <laughs> I'm the uh, the the catcher. Yeah, you're the backup catcher. Though. I'm the backup catcher. So uh, yeah, welcome. We got a uh, chock full show for you, kind of uh, considering there's no baseball. Um, we we got uh, we're going to talk about uh, well we got some announcements and then we're going to talk about the new Cubs and the draft and uh, we're going to and that's exciting news like those kids were all so happy and young and they're fulfilling their dreams even though all this crap is going on so it's like one good story that's happened all year in baseball of course we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, long yawn bummer of or I mean uh, what's it supposed to be called long hot summer. Or a long, stupid fucking show that I watched last night. What's it called? <laughs> I forget what it's called. Forgotten uh, long- Summer? Or yeah, shit. The, I- the Forgotten Summer of Bullshit. <laughs> that, anyway, we're going to be making fun of that a little bit. And, Out of curiosity, uh, what's everybody drinking tonight? Oh, I, oh, you know, I didn't even start yet. Oh. So, so you guys, you guys go. Danny's doing it nice and sober. I'm uh No, not yet. No, I, I didn't plan on it. I got I got a bottle of champagne I was gonna open. Oh my god. Yeah, Listen, yeah. Look at this guy. Well, long long gone summer we're seeing. Okay. Yeah. Long gone I, long, summer. Long long gone Danny by the end of this show, too, if I drink this bottle of champagne that I'm showing it. Oh long my god. gone crawly starting at three o'clock. Well, here's the beauty of uh, you know, kind of living near Boys Town during Pride Month at Jewel. Prosecco and champagne during the month of Jewel of June. <laughs> the the month of Jewel. The month Sean of Randall. Oh, baby, it's it's always the month of Jewel. If Every month is the month of Jewels. Uh, Jewels, if you will. But uh, it, no, but uh, all of the champagne usually goes really cheap. Like I'm talking about. This is a uh, like this is usually like a $15 bottle of champagne. You get it for $8 during pride month. It's awesome. The gays, the gays love champagne and so does Danny rocket. So that's what I, that's what Danny drinks in, in June. I got a little, uh, badger club. I'm up in Wisconsin. So if, if you haven't had it, badger club, Amber, I've also been drinking some white claw today and some totally naked, which I'll probably switch to in a little bit. And, uh, coincidentally, I drank a few, uh, white claws totally naked just last night. <laughs> But that's that's a different story. Um, yeah, uh, Jose Orlando Mercado writes in from Puerto Rico um, that the name of the show last night with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire was the Long Cardinal Jerk Off Summer. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to boy, what a jerk off show that was. But we'll get to all that first. A couple of announcements I wanted to kind of mention. Um, uh, well, for, no, the first announcement I have is that I got my uh, shirt. Check it out. Crawling's Clubhouse. I'm going to stand up so everybody can see. Fasten those seatbelts. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. It fits great. It's a large, and it fits me perfectly. So if you are if you know me and you're my size, a large would be good. Um, I, I love it. I showed it to my girlfriend, Nicole, as soon as I got it. And she looked at me like, the fuck kind of shirt is that? <laughs> she didn't know about the Crawley's Clubhouse Bad Hughes shirts. She didn't really, you know, clock that it was Bad Hughes. I guess you kind of got to know. Um, but she's like, what the fuck? You got some stupid white guy on your shirt with some <laughs> dumbass phrase? Like, what's going on with that? So no, that, uh, that's when you tell her, you're, no, you're, you're just really into letting everybody know that you need to be safe in your cars. You need to wear a seatbelt. You got another T-shirt that says wear your bike helmet, right? Wear your bike helmet. You know, and don't jaywalk is my other T-shirt. All right, here goes. Yeah. 
Opa! You, you can grab those t-shirts at crawleysclubhouse.com. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, Danny was asking when you could get us. I will let you know. And boom, and there it came. So, you know, they're, they're fun shirts. And, and uh, you know, we'll get to it, like you know, but it's just a matter of once baseball gets started, you want to have those shirts in and ready to go because I got a feeling that there is going to be baseball to be played. So we're not going to worry. Evan, I was doing the rant earlier with Evan Altman. And I showed him the shirt, and he loved it. But he was wondering if you're going to get one that says uh, "Turning Point," something about a turning. Yes, point. turning point moment. Yes, 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 yes. It's Dave turn- Arnold's. Dave Arnold's got his shirt, but we will have a turning point moment one. And these are my guys right here from Autograph One. They're they're the guys that represent Pat. They represent uh, Ron Coomer. They represent Andre Dawson. Autograph One is absolutely awesome. And so uh, they are partnering with me in the shirts along with Austin Plock. So it looks good on you, Danny. And anyone wants it, like I said, you can head to Crawley's Clubhouse, pick one up. I know a couple people on here have it. Uh, Danny does. Dave Arnold does. Uh, Bethers Johnson was on. And, and they look great, man. So I appreciate you buying one. And, and uh, like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's been fun working with Pat and the guys at Autograph One in Austin. And we, we, you know, we love the shirts. We believe in Pat. We love Pat. Well, I mean, it's about time Pat, shirt, Pat Hughes had a shirt. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I still want the trousers one, or at least like describing socks. I need something like striped socks, black shoes, something like that. I need, I need, that's what I need. That's what, that's your big seller. Um, All right, we'll get on it. And, uh, you did mention Bethers Johnson and I have to mention her too, because not only did she send me more masks, my mom, I, you know, she gave me some masks. She sent a uh, crawly first. She sent you some masks. Then she sent me some masks, and they're they're absolutely awesome. I, I got them right behind me. Let me let me grab them real quick, it, just so I can see. There's there are all these in the bag. She sent them, and uh, it, because my mom's friend Charlotte liked the mask so much that I gave my mom that she's like, "Oh, you gotta put put me in touch with that woman that made the masks." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." And so I, I'm like, "I gotta get out of the middle of this thing. I don't want to be in between, like you know, Beth and." And my mom's friend, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to cut myself out of this. But then Beth's like, how about if I just make you a bunch of them and you give them to, you know, anybody that, you know, should have one. And so I had an idea, and I just actually had it like five minutes ago, is that if you show me that you, that like, I don't know, just prove to me somehow that you made like a $50 donation to something, to some charity in the last, uh, any charity, I don't care what it is. Uh, in the in the last like month or something, or you plan to, and I'll I'll just send you one of these masks and just contact me at sunranto at gmail dot com. I'll send you a mask or two, and I don't, I don't have a lot. I got to give a couple to Charlotte, you know. She sent <laughs> she sent them to her daughter who is actually very immunocompromised and uh, like almost died from a brain tumor a couple years ago. She lives out in on the west coast somewhere, so Charlotte's going to give her one, and Charlotte's going to take one. Probably her husband Steve's going to take one. The rest are up for grabs. So just let me know. I'll, I'll send you one of these beth masks but not only did beth send me these masks but look what else she sent me this thing's so cool because i i mentioned on twitter that i i prefer wearing bandanas to masks because you can pull it up pull it down you know what i mean this and i don't know if you can see it llamas a llama bandana <laughs> she said that's so cool and then on the other side it's just like a black Black cool bandana. Dan well, Nielsen is asking here, how many of those Beathers masks would Joe West need to cover his face and six chins? So I'm thinking he's going to have to have a mask for each chin for sure. So I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Carl. I'm saying six chins. 
I mean, six masks for six chins. That's like seven brides for seven brothers, but uh, more disturbing <laughs> but a lot. <laughs> and then not only did she send me this just for being cool, uh, you know, that that's awesome. But she sent me more. Check this out. She knows I've been quitting smoking. I'm week, week six. Um, Carrie Browner Meyer writes in, says that a blonde wonk sent her a mask. A lot, a lot of people are, are, are making Cubs masks. I've noticed a lot in the burbs, but she knows I quit smoking six weeks ago. So she sent me some lemon drops to, you know, hard candies, uh, which is very helpful to, you know, with the oral fixation part. And she's from Oklahoma and these are local beef jerkies. That she sent me. This one's called Hard Times, Real Beef Jerky. And let me tell you, we're in some hard times, people. Uh, so you know, but, but the Bleacher Bum Band is not in hard times right now. Uh, well, kind of. I mean, you know, we're not going to be soon, though. Because, uh, listen, the album is almost finished. And and that is my, my last, uh, well, second to last announcement. Um, announcement. We're almost done. We should probably have it done completely within the next couple of weeks. And I just want to mention that, um, you know, first of all, I appreciate all of our Patreon supporters that, you know, support us. But at the $5 uh, level with Patreon, that entitles you to all the music that uh, we put out. And so little by little, I'm going to be kind of, uh, you know, releasing some of the, the album that way to the Patreon people first. At the $5 level, um, I wanted to shout out. I don't know if they want to be mentioned by name, but a couple of our patrons um, did up their pledges within the last week or two, and I really, really appreciate that. One did it by a significant amount. It might have been an accident, or they really like what we do. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe their phone slipped or something. You're warning you know? them right now. Like, yeah, oh, like take off some zeros. It's yeah, a little much. Yeah, yeah, it was a little much, but no, but I really do appreciate everybody that supports us there on Patreon. If you don't, it's patreon.com slash Sunranto. I know most of you guys are at the dollar level, the $2 level, something like that. But if you do bump yourself up to the $5 level, even temporarily, like for the next month or something, you know, you'll be able to kind of see our album, the Bleacher Bum album being released. Um, the other thing, uh, just look for it too. We're trying to figure out how to sell it. Uh, there's, you know, it, about nine new tracks probably cost like 10, 12 bucks. I haven't really decided yet, but it'll be available for download first so that, um, you know, you can go to, you can just download it directly from me. I'll give you a link to a, a to the files and that's, that's how you're going to uh, get the uh, album first. And then it'll go to Spotify and YouTube and all the places that it'll be released because uh, quite frankly, Spotify doesn't pay shit to musicians even if your song is very successful and went viral it wouldn't be as much as it would have been had like people actually just supported us that liked the song and bought it for a dollar like in the old days you know so already wants to know if there's a 69 dollar level absolutely and and once a year at the $69 level, Michael Cotton will come to your house and he'll give you the high cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the same as a regular 69, except for that Michael's doing it. <laughs> Danny, out of curiosity, what's going on with John Baker Day? Well, uh, it's going to happen. I've been texting with John uh, recently, and he really wants to do it, and so do I. Obviously, it won't be live 
in a I mean, it'll be live. I mean, it'll be <laughs> people will be alive and doing it, but it's not going to be, you know, like an event like we've had in the past at G-Man Tavern where we all got together. Unfortunately, that won't be possible this year. But I think what will be possible is some ro- sort of really cool, like, Zoom meeting kind of show. And I was talking to Corey Finneran from Ivy Envy about it. This is their last year doing their show. And so we want to make this John Baker Day real special because it might be their last year throwing John Baker Day with us too. But uh, I, I think we're going to try to consider for our uh, our inspiration or the old kind of Jerry Lewis telethons in which we do a show like this, how we're presenting it right now live to everybody on, you know, streaming it to a bunch of different people. And then we're going to be asking people for their donations. And and uh, we're going to have different performers. We're going to get some comedians on. I think the Bleacher Bum Band will do a socially distanced performance. I'm hoping that we do it in front of kind of a small live studio audience out at Club 400 is what we're planning to maybe do. So maybe, Crawl, you can be out there in a kind of a smaller group sort of, you know, out, outdoorsy, masked up inside kind of situation, depending on what's going on with the covid but we're going to be doing something, and we're going to be raising money. I asked John what he wants to raise money for, and he said he wants to raise it for Black Lives Matter. And I thought that was really cool. Um, what he kind of intimated to me was that um, not only with last year what we we read, we read did um, John Baker Day and gave all the money to domestic violence uh, survivors and for to supporting women who have been, I guess men too, who have been victims of domestic violence, that John's eyes had been opened um, last year due to what happened with the Addison Russell situation and John being a mental skills coordinator in the, in the Cubs organization, having to deal with that situation. Well, I think this year, uh, John's eyes were opened again as to everything that's going on and kind of the, you know, the, the systematic or the systemic racism that takes place within our society. And, uh, he wants to be a, an activist about that. So I, we're trying to figure out specifically what giving to, Black Lives Matter uh, means, you know, because there are many different chapters and it's it's not necessarily one of those organizations like, you know, March of Dimes or something like that, where it's, you know, there's like, you know, basically one organization is Black Lives Matter Chicago. And even they were telling people on their website to give to these other organizations that also provide services, you know, whether it be legal counsel or, you know, trying to, you know, lobby for new laws and things like that. Anyway, look for some news on that. I'm going to be working on it. It's obviously going to take a lot of work to do it totally differently than we've done it in the past, but I'm committed to doing it and hopefully we can get something done. Uh, And hopefully there will be a ball game that day, but who the hell knows at this point. But one thing I thought was cool, I just want to show you this graphic real quick is Theo Epstein. You know, uh, you know, he came out last week and he uh, with other um, executives in baseball, they uh, he's raised. and I guess he really led on this issue, which I know we've talked about on the show about the Cubs being disappointing us on this show for not being leaders in anything uh, in baseball, whether it be, you know, supporting their employees and players through, uh, you know, with the COVID-19 crisis or, you know, right now, so, you know, kind of coming out pretty late in the game about their, uh, you know, you know, their statement with everything that's going on with, uh, the turmoil with, you know, racism in our country. But I, I thought it was important that Theo came out really strong with a, with, uh, his sign and his Black Lives Matter, um, you know, sign. I, I just think it's important, even, you know, even if you, 
normally I'd be cynical about something like this and think that, you know, he's making a chode face and he looks stupid doing this, but I'm not going to make fun of it this time. If Theo is willing to come out with that sign, well, it gives us all cover to uh, for our more racist relatives to come out and say, hey, you know, it's true. We can say this. We can say you, that real black lives do matter. You think that's a chode face? God, I was just looking at him and thinking, I just, if I could just have one picture in which I am that damn handsome, I would be so happy. And it's like, he just... He just had like his one of his children snapped out of him right there in his house or whatever, and he looks ten times better than I would if I'd been sitting in like a makeup chair for. Hey, well, Michael, the thing that I've learned is if you have a few more beers, all your pictures look more handsome. <laughs> I, know, I know you guys usually look more handsome as this uh, podcast goes as on. As it goes on, it's, it's kind of one of those things. Speaking of Theo, though, you know. Big news, obviously, is the is the 2020 draft. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of been the first time that we don't see um, Jason McLeod involved in it. Uh, the the person that really kind of was kind of leading this was Dan Kantrovitz, and who was formerly with the Cardinals and had some successful drafts in the past for the Cardinals. Some some uh, good picks that he's had in the past. So you know, first time with the Cubs, I was pretty excited. What about you guys? Pardon the interruption, but the Sunranto Show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Because there's no shortage of action going on with the Sunranto Show's partners over at betonline.ag. See, the sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. Uh, baseball, of course, can't get it together, but uh, right now, UFC... Boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. And Bet Online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. So, um, you want more? Well, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. So visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. It's betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. Back to the show. Uh, yeah, I mean... Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to share my screen so earlier, so early. Um, it, it, I, you know, it. I was very happy for some of the kids that I, that got drafted. I talked to one of them today. Actually, he wasn't drafted. Scott Cobos. He was signed by the Cubs, a pitcher out of uh, South, you know, Coastal Carolina. And uh, you know, I'm really happy for these kids. You know, their dreams are coming true. Uh, you know, you you start with Ed Howard. You know, and seeing him and his family all celebrating that moment. You know, usually there's a baseball season going on, and I don't pay as much attention to the draft as maybe I did this year. Um, it's cool to see. And there I, were I, only five rounds, Danny. And there was a little yeah, easier to follow when it's, it's not 40. Totally right in my attention span. You know, five, I can handle five. Like four, five yeah, rounds yeah. spread out over three days. Yeah, exactly. I know it really did take a while to draft those five players, didn't it? But it was, but you know, it's, I, I'm interested that they drafted, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, but I would really liked their first pick, even for the reason of just kind of like sentimental. He's a Chicago kid, Ed Howard. He was on that Jackie Robinson team that won it all. And then had it violently second, ripped. Yeah. Was it second place? 
Well, they, they won, won it first. No, they, they won, and then they had the championship taken away because they played out of – it was something goofy. They played out of district or some shit? Yeah, not all the players were in the proper boundaries. I thought yeah. they finished yeah. second. Second, they 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 won the American Little League World Series, and then when you kind of go into like the world, and I think they lost, didn't they, to like Korea, or Japan, or oh yeah, yeah, oh. Sounds, sounds like America. Yeah, it, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like baseball in which uh, you can't ever really figure out what's happening. There's like three champions, and then there's another champion, and then there might be a World Series. I don't know. But, you know, here's the thing is that we've talked before how we kind of wanted a different set of eyes. And that's why I was kind of excited about the draft this year is to kind of see what Kentrovitz was going to do as far as, you know, the kind of picks that he would have. Um, You know, the Cubs have had very successful seasons as frustrated as frustrating as they've been, you know we aren't in last place every year anymore. So you're not going to be getting the top one through five picks. Okay. So to me, there was a lot of needs in the draft that were addressed. Like you really like uh, seeing Ed Howard at number 16. And it, it was amazing because there was a whole bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, Danny, you and I used to be on a scale TV sports feed and our friend Josh Friedman had some great video uh, in Indiana of, uh, of the family of uh, yeah. Ed Howard kind I'm, of I'm gonna, celebrating. I'm going to, I'm going to share that screen now um, because it's, it's really great. Let me, let me share that now with everybody so they can see it. I don't know if you can hear it. Not yet. Look at that. There's everybody going nuts. Cheering, taking cell phone videos of him. Kisses his mom, hugs his dad. I, I guess that's his dad. Maybe that's his sister. Looks like it's all immediate family kind of right up front there. But anyway, just a, just a great moment, you know. And, uh, you know, the one thing, though, like, you know, he lives in Illinois where you can't have a, a, a bar open like that. You know, there's right now with COVID-19, you know, we're not we're not open that way. So they actually did that whole thing in Indiana right over the border so that they could have that moment because they knew he was going to go in the first round or at least yeah, I think most people suspected some people had him as high as six I believe on their draft board and like in predicting Ed Howard where he'd go in the draft but I mean what did you think about that scene out there that's basically a super spreader event was it not like I did see a couple <laughs> I did see a couple masks uh, you know on the on some people but you know, for the most part, it's all people hugging and spitting all over each other. Well, the, the interesting thing about all of this really is, is that you know Theo's had a you know the question of do you draft the best athlete or do you you know, address a need? And with Ed Howard, you you know everyone says, well, you got Javi at shortstop, but it's going to take some while, a little while for this kid to kind of. He didn't even have a senior year of high school, which is tricky. So. He's a great athlete. He's somebody that, you know, if you, if you take a look at some of the videos that were being posted, just absolutely just really fast. And here's the thing. He's, he's a proven talent. I know it doesn't mean much to be in the Little League World Series, but it's one of those things where you take a look at it and you say to yourself, okay, this guy has been in the big moments. You know, think about it. You know, we saw in Danny's birthday special what he looked like at Little League. This kid was, you know, in the, in the, in the big moment with all the TV cameras, and it didn't phase him. 
yeah. that's the thing I like about him, you know, is it's going to give him time to develop. I don't know how long it's going to take for him to get to the majors, but if you look at Theo and the drafts and all the things that happened, they're not, you know, they weren't worried about, remember there was the big worry like about the Cubs having all these shortstops with Starlin Castro and Addison Russell and Javi Baez. Don't worry about it. Get these athletes, get guys that can hit, guys that can field, and you'll find a place for them. Okay, and so I think that that was a really interesting pick. I think it was a good pick, and, and it was a feel-good pick, you know. And and it wasn't they didn't draft him just because he was from Chicago or Jackie Robinson West or anything like that. But they drafted him because he was a really good athlete with with a really good makeup, and I'm I'm really excited about seeing what happens. I, I liked to uh, I heard him interviewed with by Josh Fry, Friedman again. Uh, he had a, like a, a a thing on him, I, I, like a a whole like kind of uh, not expose or because that you know is like he did something wrong, but no, just kind of like a get to know the guy. And you know what was really cool is that he is that Ed seemed so comfortable in front of the cameras talking to because to, I think that's what you're saying. He's yeah. been on the big stage this whole time. He just is like whatever. Here's another interview. No, you know, and he's not big time in anybody. He's feeling, you know, it just seems very comfortable in front of the cameras, very comfortable talking, very easy uh, expressing himself and, and smart for a kid who's like 17 years old, because I've been looking at video. I went back to my mom's house this weekend. My sister's in town. So I was at my mom's house all weekend um, and hanging out with them, expanding our quarantine circle. And I was looking at, uh, I got interviewed a bunch when I was in rent, when I was 22 and touring around the country, especially when we stopped here in Chicago, because I was the local kid who had done good in New York and came back. So like, I got interviewed by ABC and I got interviewed by a couple of different people. And, and I forgot about any of it happening. I forgot all except for that. I went into my mom's box of videotapes. The hell is this thing popping in video after video? And I, oh, there I am being interviewed, man. My old friends from rent too. Like, and dude, I am such an awkward little asshole. I am such a little, you know, I, I think I'm so great because I'm 22 and I'm on Broadway and everybody loves me. And I'm, dude, I could not, I wanted to slap that kid so badly. And then I see a guy like Ed who comes in calm polite relaxed you know you know in front of the camera and i'm like this this kid's good and i know that a lot of what the cubs do is draft personality they draft good people they try to anyway good teammates and um unfortunately uh boob nightingale had a, a tweet right after uh ed uh, was uh, just look at this i'm gonna put it up on the screen uh, the boob nightingale uh tweets out the cubs draft ed howard yes showing action instead of hollow words well first of all bob i believe it's hollow that you meant right i mean not hollow yeah hallow be thy name thy yeah, or, the yeah. these how these hallowed halls or something like that no then the second thing i i want to bring up is what exactly now this was right after Theo had held up the Black Lives Matter thing and like, you know, everybody was putting out their statements about Black Lives Matter. Is that what he meant? That's what it seems like he meant. Yeah, it seems like he was saying uh, there's some sort of affirmative action or something going into this pick rather than this dude's just an amazing athlete. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever fucking heard in my whole fucking life. 
Well, I mean, it's Bob Nightingale. It, he, <laughs> he was bound True. to hit the stupidest fucking thing you've ever heard. I mean, that guy just has been on a trajectory for that for a long time. <laughs> True. So Ed Howard goes number 16 in the first round. And then I thought it was interesting, you know, the big thing we've always talked about on this show is is how the lack of pitching and pitching development and power arms has totally hurt the Cubs. A couple of and, lefties. Yeah, you, you got a couple lefties and you got a couple power arms. Uh, you know, Burl Caraway is a left-handed pitcher that they got. They got another one in the fourth round, number 117, Luke Little. And obviously people get excited because you see what he's hit on the gun. Some people say it was a hot gun. I don't know, but, you know, up to 105 miles per hour. I mean, that's good. It's a hot-ass gun. Even if it's 102, that's still really good, you know? Yeah, I was listening to a podcast today that said that there's a really good chance that that 105 was closer to 101, 102. But even that dude was like, that's a that's a fast. Ball. I, 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 I will take a hundred and two, and that's from the, the left Cubs. side, dude. From the from, left side, like Chapman, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's where the Cubs were absolutely getting hurt. Is that you've seen a lot of teams who have power arms, and they just keep coming up through the system. Okay, and you, you know that that you have Hater in Milwaukee, you have Jordan Hicks in St. Louis, guys that just throw absolute gas. And the Cubs, like, you know, the best we had was kind of like C.J. Edwards, you know what I mean? And, and he, he wasn't exactly, like, you know, completely hitting triple digits or anything like that. So I'm excited about these picks, you know. And, and Jose Orlando is talking a little bit here that they drafted two of the top four fast thro- uh, fastball throwers in the draft. I'm excited. I, I, you know, I think in general it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that that – the Cubs did a good job filling a lot of needs and at the same time also making sure that, you know, they were guys that were good character guys. And hopefully this is really going to pan out. Like I said, it's the first draft on uh, uh, um watch, and, and he's had success with the Cardinals. We all know the Cardinals. How they always seem to have some guy who has some made-up name like Hayden Crutchfield or something that comes well, out but- and all of a sudden <laughs> – well, Burl Carraway Burl, Burl Carraway is pretty close to a made-up ass name. Don't exactly. And here's you know the other what? Thing. His name I'll isn't even it. Burl. His name isn't even Burl. His name is Ousley because I followed Burl Carraway, which there's not a lot of in the world, I would imagine, on Twitter. And I was like, this guy kind of looks like Burl Carraway's dad. And guess what? It was <laughs> like, and and Burl Carraway's dad actually had to change his Twitter uh, description. To I'm Burl the dad, Burl the pitcher <laughs> is Ousley Caraway. So I don't know if it's like Ousley Burl or like his name is Burl Ousley or something like that. But either way, both those names are made up. All he's, three he's, of those names are made no, up. No, he's, he's clearly Burl Jr. Yeah, Burl Jr. But like he had to, Burl took, and then I pushed back and because Burl was like, hey, it's not me. He kept having to tell people, hey, it's not, I'm not the guy. I'm not the pitcher. He kept having to tell people on Twitter because like Bleacher Nation was talking to him. Everybody was talking to him. And uh, so I, I did have a little conversation with Burl, the dad, and I said, well, make sure you lock down that Burl Caraway TikTok before your son takes it <laughs> away from you. Because once he gets into the the bullpen, you know, that's it's all TikTok out there. But uh, no, that's good. I mean, a little couple of power lefties. I know Burl, uh, I, uh, Burl, I was told by a, f- a friend of his, this guy, Matt, who I don't know if he wants me to say his last name, but I was DMing with a friend of, of his. Who's, who knows him from, like, growing up with the kid, known him for, like, you know, 
almost his whole life down in Texas because this guy comes from Dallas Baptist, Burl does. And uh, he goes, this dude is such a great guy. He works so hard. He's never been a big guy. He's only six foot tall, but he like throws in the mid 90s and high 90s. And check out this, though. This, this is really impressive. Um, eight, Burl Caraway strikes out 89 in 51 and a third innings. And uh, opponents only hit 202 off of him in uh, two and a half seasons at Dallas Baptist. So, like, I mean, you know, granted that's college numbers and stuff, but, hey, they're using aluminum bats out there too. So, like, yeah. you know. No, that's – yeah, that's amazing. By the way, I, I decided I was going to look up Burl's name what it means on uh, Nameberry. Uh, Burl is a boy's name of English origin, meaning butler. Oh. And then, and then it goes on to say, this name has a nicely fragrant, woodsy feel, bringing it into the nature tree name category. Woodsy, I'll say. <laughs> well, it is a little woodsy. You know, I don't know a lot of Burls in the city. Let me tell you that much. There's some Burls in the woods. That's for, that's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it de- the draft was definitely, I think, productive. I think it was a lot of fun to kind of, like I said, just because we've been so, you know, for me, it's kind of been like this idea of content and just, God, I just want some good news. I just want something fun. And, and I thought it was a lot of fun to kind of watch the, like I said, I know, you know, in the past it's been 40 rounds and now it's down to five, but, you know, it was exciting for me to kind of have like this whole new set of eyes looking at things and hopefully these pitchers that we're talking about here, whether it's Luke Little or whether it's Caraway, you know, that, that one, that these guys start moving up the system quickly. Here's the thing. It takes a lot longer to develop a position player than it does a pitcher. And so I, I am hoping that these guys are able to help sooner rather than later. And we can kind of see some really good results on this. So hopefully, you know, in the, in the near term future, we can go there. Well, we did get, we should mention Jordan Nwogu, who I can't say his name without like my nose itching. Nwogu, like N and W, that's a tough one together. But anyway, he's a Michigan Wolverine, go blue. That's my dad's alma mater. My dad's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And this dude kind of looks like and reminded me of a little Solaire action. He's he's maybe not quite as big as Solaire, uh, but he's big, 6'3", 235. Hits for average and power. Um, got a little speed too. He stole thirty bases when he was at Michigan, and uh, he made it to the College World Series last year. And then they lost to Vanderbilt. They say he's a left fielder though because he doesn't have a great arm. Um, so I did want to mention him. And then the last one uh, that we should mention is a righty pitcher out of uh, high school named Cohen Moreno, who I don't know if if they're gonna. I, I don't know what happened. I haven't heard too much about Cohen, another high school arm. But when you're getting down in the fifth round, even, you know, you're kind of, what are you at? You're in the 200s now at that point or a high hundreds and everything. Um, and then uh, uh, we have a listener right in, Swimmerdack79, asked uh, thoughts on the recruiting phase of the draft. And, Crawley, did you have anything on, like this? Because I had a couple of names, including the dude I talked to today, Scott Kobos. Right. I know. I think the Cubs have done a good job as far as reaching out to different players and signing players right away. This has been a really tricky draft. Um, you, you had a lot of guys who didn't have their senior years of high school, which or is obvious or college, which is when these guys are going to get a lot of attention. Uh, I think that they did their homework. It wasn't easy. And I, I feel like I said, I think this draft w- 
you can't tell, you know what I mean? It's going to be about five years before we're right or wrong on whether this was a success or not. But I think they did a great job as far as reaching out to a lot of different people and please, you know, got to do is hit on a couple. That's, that's the goal is you hit on a couple. Yeah. I mean, and the Cubs haven't hit on any pitchers at all. Just, they've just been, and they've really just hit when they've had like a top five draft pick so far, you know, they haven't hit on pretty much anybody else except for maybe like David Bodie or something, you know, which, you know, then that's just, you just got lucky in a way and, and Bodie worked hard, you know? Right. Um, he's basically an average war player. Like he's easily replaceable, David Bodie. It's not like, yeah. you know, he's not a difference maker. He's just a nice guy to have in the system. So, yeah. you know, what, what, what you're hoping for all Cub fans right now is that the development and the drafting goes well and the development of those players, all these players that we're talking about in four to five years, you don't want them to be a Josh Vitters. You don't want them to be a Bruce, uh, what was it Bruce Kishnick or whatever? You know, you don't want Brooks, these guys, yeah. you know, to to end up being bust. You want to hopefully see some of them make it and 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 contribute. Well, I'll imagine I'll, I'll mention a couple of the guys. Um, there's Jacob Wetzel, who I'm only going to mention because he's got an awesome Twitter handle. It's at Wets His Pants, W E T Z His Pants. And uh, but he had kind of had a weird uh, circuitous route to getting drafted right now because he left school for a year because of depression, which is really sad. And then he came back to play at college and then coronavirus happened and then that cut the league short. But hey, all's well that ends well. He's a cub now. So hopefully he's happy about that. Um, So that's pretty cool. And he's got a great Twitter handle. So let's everybody go follow him. W.E.T.Z. His pants. Um, Bailey Reed, uh, who. The, he's got uh, great numbers, comes out of Westmont College um, or Westmont University. Um, he's a right-handed pitcher, and he didn't allow a run in 14 games over 12 and two-thirds innings in in 2019. That was before uh, – that was last year. And then he only allowed three hits in nine and two-thirds innings and struck out 20 uh, before coronavirus uh, ended his season. So we got him, a tiny outfielder who was the 459th best Cubs, best Cubs podcast. No, four hundred fifty nine. The prospect. Um, he's only five ten and one hundred eighty pounds. So, like tiny little Bradley Beasley is now a Cub. And then you have uh, Graham Lawson and, and Ben Leeper, who are both righties. Ben Leeper is a ginger. In case you're into that kind of thing, um, Angel Gonzalez from Puerto Rico. He's seventeen and six foot one. Um, and only 170 pounds, but he's got a 94 mile per hour fastball out of high school. So like, Oh, nice. Yeah. So watch out for that kid. And then, um, from coastal Carolina, two guys named Scott, once a shortstop named, named McKeon, another guy named Scott Kobos, who I actually spoke with today on the rant. So you can check that out on the Cubs insider, uh, YouTube page or on their Facebook page. And really interesting to talk to Scott Kobos. He spoke with, and I'm going to draw a blank on his name, but who's the director of pitching development for the Cubs? No, Rachel Adams is hitting as far as pitching. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody uh, really should know. Nobody really cares. Well, I, I, I forget the guy's I just heard it, though, and I forget. So, somebody say it in the chat what his name is. Right. The director he's he's a new guy, right? But he was a physics dude. He was a physics guy. And uh, the the director of uh, pitching was a physics uh, major. So is Scott Kobos. And it was kind of interesting. Scott actually at his college took, you know, 
kind of did some advanced analytics on his own for a physics project for his, you know, to get his degree. So it was really interesting hearing him speak about, I mean, he likes pitching for that reason. I was like, why aren't all pitchers physics majors? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that make sense? Like, you're trying to get the ball to do crazy shit. I don't know that all of them are uh, have the aptitude for it. <laughs> Probably so. Now, I want to uh, – But Scott gonna, seems smart. Yeah, I'm going to attempt to – Share my screen real quick. I do not know how to do this, so we're going to go for it. Uh, it's something I found on Nuogo when he was in uh, at Michigan. So let me let me see if I can do this. And while you're doing it, I, I'll say the last comment that you just had up, which is Jose Orlando saying the Cubs are expected to sign Christian Hernandez, a top five international free agent. And he's a sh- uh, yeah, I was going to say he's a shortstop too, but he already said that um, once the international signing period begins, which would be awesome. Yeah, can and, you and see this video going on right now with uh, Nuogo? We cannot. No, you can't you, see that at all. No, you got to share your screen. I did. Well, do it again, but do it right this time. Uh, <laughs> I know, like that's the thing. Hey, everybody! As you noticed, uh, this version of the Sunranto Show has ads in it. Well, if you never want to hear an ad again, why don't you subscribe for early and ad-free listening at? Patreon.com slash Sunranto. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get all the shows as God intended them right after we recorded them. Instead of down the line when I put them up on Cubs Insider and put ads inside them. How annoying are ads? Um, Go to Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Never hear an ad again for anything. And uh, and we'll love you, too. Like, we'll really love you because you are supporting us in a one-to-one ratio. It's stupid to tell you to buy things when you know what you want. Why are you making me do this? Become a patron. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. I'm not going to take no for an answer, people. Just join us. It's You get your own RSS feed. We give you our show notes. You, you know, I, I send special messages every now and again. You're the first one to get the music when I put it up. It's just a good deal. So please join us. Oh, no, my tea kettle's boiling. I got to go. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. But as, we, as we've talked about, you know, the draft is a lot of fun. And then, you know, as, as Jose Orlando brings up, it, it's really kind of exciting. You know, then, you know, there just hasn't been a lot of stuff for us to, you know, as far as content is concerned, is, is that you take a look at the draft and now you're taking a look at, you know, the international draft in July and the Cubs being – obviously one of the favorites to land Christian Hernandez. And again, Theo and those guys really, really love uh, the shortstops, the athleticism. And this is the slide that uh, John Friedman was talking about right here. Oh, oh that's, that's good. Just coming up a little short there. Oh, is he going to make it? Oh, he really belly flopped that one. That's funny. Yeah, he face planted hard. There Did we he- go. Yeah, he did look like he just tripped. Uh, I think a little lost his footing. Well, he, a little bit. he put his no, he put his arms out too early, and, and all of a sudden it just caused him to face burn himself. Well, at least he's safe. <laughs> he looks safe. Um, and I and I did did get the guy's name. Um, it is uh, Craig Breslow. Craig Breslow is the man of the name we were looking for, who is the Cubs pitching coordinator. And I'm the one that found that. Thanks a lot, people, for nothing. Nobody said anything. No, a bunch of people going. said it. Uh, Artie Boucher said it he, right there. Oh, okay. Sorry, Artie. I, oh, yeah, there it is. It was above. 
Yay! So um, anyway, I'm I'm, hap- I'm happy with how it looked. Uh, you know, the the whole draft thing. I think there was a light shown on it in a way for me because there was no baseball, and I would it would have just been like a one day story. Like here's a bunch of the guys are going to be in our minor leagues for five years. Maybe some of them pan out. Maybe some of them don't. But right now, it's our only fucking hope. <laughs> you know, but, right now, like that's it. That's all we got. Last night was a big event for Cub fans. One that we've been waiting for for a little bit while. Uh. And honestly, no offense, it uh, it didn't uh, live up to the billing. Long gone summer, Maguire, Sosa, but basically just cut Sosa out of it because it really was a Maguire documentary and it really fucking sucked. Yeah, it was bad, man. Michael, did you watch it? Did you get a chance? No, I didn't. I, I don't have regular TV right now. And honestly, I was busy doing other things. That honestly, it's just not one that I'm super interested in. Uh, I like the Sammy Sosa stuff, but all I, I mean, there wasn't much of it. Well, so, there's just been so much done about that summer. It's not like I've ever had a chance to forget it, and I'm all of a sudden like, oh, I don't remember any of these. You know what well, I mean? Like, remember all of it. Now, now the issue here for me is that it really meant a lot for me because I was one of those people that. If you remember, and and the the thing that bothered me was there wasn't a lot of context into everything that was going on. It was like somebody referred to it as home run porn, and it was really cool because yeah, you got to see a lot of big crazy home run, five hundred foot home runs or whatnot. But the important thing about the entire situation was the context, and the context related to what's going on now in the fact that baseball fucking was dying after the, the strike in ninety four. And people were not interested, which obviously reflects it today. And it was these two guys that really kind of brought it up. I wish they would have gone more into how bad baseball was suffering until McGuire and Sosa kind of kind of came up here. You know what I mean? And it just was a, you know, and uh, and fire the rickets as hired Jim Essien wrote, it's official. They're going to have to drag Sammy and Mark out of retirement, pump them full of horse steroids, and let them hit 600-foot taters next year until the fans come back. And so I just kind of laugh because like history repeating itself here. It's like, here we are again, like being a work stoppage and, and people not realizing that if what's going to save baseball now. And so you brought it back to this, this era of 98 where, where people were not interested in baseball at all. They were done. A lot of people just said, fuck baseball. I'm done. I'm out of it. And so, you know, the documentary was just, it was really one-sided. Right. But you also said that it was out of context. And I think I saw a bunch of pictures on Twitter today that not only was it out of context, it was out of time. Yeah. This was modern shots of Wrigley. Like there were uh, obvious shirts in. Right. The- I, I got it right here. It, obvious shirts wrote, I took this photo right after Sam. <laughs> the funny thing about that is you kind of see the scoreboards. It clearly was a 2015 shot. But what they would do is they would take these live audience shots from last season, right? Which were in totally in HD. And then so, like, you'd see these crowd shots of people all excited. And then it would flash back to, like, a standard definition photo of Sammy batting. And it was like, wait, what, what just happened? It was so yeah. disjointed. It was so bad. So was, uh, I think the word you're looking for is lazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. You couldn't even go back and find the footage from 98? Well, and, and that's that- what drives me nuts right now is that if you – you know, anyone that knows 
looks into the history of Cubs broadcasting, the name that comes up, and it's not a name that everyone's going to know, is Arnie Harris. Arnie Harris and Steve Stone and uh, Harry Carey made a lot of us love baseball. But it's Arnie Harris that was the classic of the crowd shots. Yeah. Okay? And so Matt Linder said, man, it's just too bad that video didn't really become a thing until the late 2010s and no crowd shots of Wrigley existed before then. And that's the laughable thing is that Arnie Harris and Harry Carey, that's what they did is they sold fans on Wrigley. The Cubs may suck. But look at those hot chicks in the bleachers right there. Look at those guys drinking a beer. Look at it. They made it fun. It made, they made you want to go to Wrigley. And they didn't show any of that shit. They're showing shots from 2015, 2016, 2017. It was kind of ridiculous. So yeah, how they it, don't it have could, crowd shots, I have no idea. And it could have been about that summer because, I mean, that summer, uh, you know, and then they brought in weirdly that uh, Harry Carey had just died. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I mean, you know, it was just, it was strange, well, you know? Well, I think the context of Harry was, was that it didn't explain it well, but the summer of 98, Paul Sullivan, and it was awesome because if you, anyone that knows Paul Sullivan, Sully has his hair always like kind of this way. He had it nice and slicked back and looking good. The man good does not own a comb. He, he doesn't does own a comb, but he, but he, he, he hit hair and makeup pretty good. Hair and makeup got to him for that ESPN doc. That's for right. sure. They were and, in there combing his hair for him. <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing about it, though, is that the idea was that Harry passed away in 98, and he's the big salesman of the Cubs, okay? So Harry passes away February 1998, has a stroke on Valentine's Day. Uh, he's with his wife, Dutchie, out in Arizona. And then so it's kind of just like a bummer of a start of a season. And what Sully was talking about is that everybody didn't even give a shit about Sosa. They were focused on Kerry Wood, who is this rookie phenom. And that was what everybody was excited about was, okay, Kerry Wood. No one was thinking Sosa. It was everybody was focused on either McGuire or Ken Griffey Jr. to break Roger Maris's single-season record of 61 home runs. And so, you know, the, the whole thing was just kind of goofy as far as, you know, uh, I, I thought this was a good one. Uh, stuck in the IV, Ivy says, bold of ESPN to make a two-hour documentary of how tremendously boring – and uncharacteristic Mark McGuire is. And so that charismatic, uncharismatic, uncharismatic. And so that was absolutely like spot on. You're just like, Oh God, that was just so. And and that's the big, that's their biggest problem with this whole documentary. It was, it was a commercial to get Mark McGuire into the hall of fame because the Cardinals put him in their hall of fame, which we found out in this show. I'm sure other people know, but I found it out. Uh, you know, they, he's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame and he works for the Padres, I believe, right now. He's a hitting coach. Yeah. You know, he's their hitting coach. So he's welcome back with open arms, you know, because he apologized, I guess, for using steroids. Um, Sammy never tested positive. Let's remember that. We all know he fucking did it. You know, we all know he did it. <laughs> well, know. he, he was never, he, he tested positive. He was in the Mitchell report, but he was never uh, like they could never say this very specific test was his. Right. It was an, it was supposed to be an anonymous test to see if baseball, quote unquote, had a steroid problem because nobody could figure out they had a steroid problem by the guys that were all six five, two hundred eighty ripped. And so <laughs> I can't talk anymore because my chin's in my chest. Yeah, dude. It's like- up. 
they end up taking this random, supposedly random test that led to the New York Times and so-so supposedly on that. But there, what Michael's saying is right, is that there is no actual test that any MLB has ever issued that so-so has failed. Yeah, so like, you know, so they 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 can be like he cheated, and he did with the cork bat. Like, that is true. He did cork his bat, but, um, you know, but he didn't. He never tested positive. And, you know, the other guys, you know, Barry Bonds is back at, you know, San Francisco. The only one guy that's not back is Sammy, except well, for that Josh, he is back. He's back already. Josh Friedman, again, who we talked about earlier, said, you know, with Last Dance, which was about the Bulls, was like 10 hours long. So it was five times the length of the Long Gone Summer. But Long Gone felt like a McGuire doc shown through rose or cardinal red colored glasses with a dash of Sosa and steroid talked in. I mean, I was timing it. I, I can't remember. I think there's one point where it's like 40 minutes where they didn't even talk out of like two hours. They didn't talk about Sosa or like blipped them in. And it just, it was, if you were in a Cardinals fan, it just really was boring. Like I said, contextually, they, they, they probably spent 10 minutes on the issue of steroids at the very end of the movie. And it, to me, it was just rather, it was just boring. It just it, wasn't it was, interesting. It was poorly, but the, well, because they wanted to make it seem like it was this, like, you know, and it was. I remember because it's like one of the things I wasn't really clocking baseball too much that year. It was a, you know, I, I was touring with uh, the cast of Rent, running around the country, having lots of sex, getting really drunk. Yeah, sex. And I was running around, having the time of my life. It was awesome. I had a great, great summer. And then my dad got sick and he died. And like that was all that was happening at that same time. So I can't say that I was like totally clocking like everything that was going on. But the fact that that was that was an unavoidable American story of that time. And I felt like there's such a dichotomy between Mark McGuire is this like California boy, big mook, you know, played for Team USA, hit you know rookie of the year. 49 home runs, I, you know, his rookie year. Like, everybody thought this dude was the American b- boy. Sammy Sosa, we watched, the, you know, we had that ranter uh, little uh, g- group watch of the Sammy Sosa cartoon a couple weeks ago. And, you know, Sammy Sosa, he's playing sockball with a dog, and he's got a milk carton for a mitt. And you know, he's not wearing shoes, and he lives with nine people in 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 a in a one room thatch hut, and he's shining shoes. Totally different dudes. They don't play up that dichotomy dramatically at all. The fact that Sammy not only did he start doing steroids, but he also got much better as a baseball player. He learned how to not swing at the off speed pitch, like we saw Javi. It, Javier Baez do recently. Not yeah. only, not only that, a lot of- he started to go the other way with the ball. And, and, and there's a lot of good interviews with Jeff Pendleton, if, who was the hitting coach at the time. And so if you, if you look at any of those things, yeah, he did change the way that he swung. Yeah, I saw a lot of people, too, talking about how they completely nixed any reference to the White Sox or the Rangers. That like- was hilarious. Dude, they were like, they show a clip of George Bush, and he's like telling some joke. You know, that was a self-deprecating joke on himself for, like, trading Sammy Sosa, who goes on, and and then they skip the White Sox completely, and he goes from Rangers to the Cubs. So, yeah, so a lot of people think that the, the Rangers traded him to the Cubs. Uh, you know, in all honesty, <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, you got two hours. I didn't think it was a big deal. I know Chuck Garfine, who who works for Comcast Sportsnet and stuff, you know. He's I know a big, Chuck, yeah. 
He's a big. He's a big white. He's a. He's a big White Sox guy. I just. I, I didn't give a shit about that. And honestly, but I it might have been the White Sox show. It was still no. funny. Right, no, but it, it might have been good to give some context of where he was at with the White Sox and what he looked like and that he was a speed guy and stuff like that. He was and then, skinny. Yeah, he was so and then skinny. see what he looked like with the Cubs. Like, you know, they, they kind of skipped over a lot of that maybe developmental sort of stuff. Well, and, and here's the thing, and it's annoying because, yeah, they skipped over the developmental stuff for sure. And, you know, but what they didn't skip over – you know, and what I was glad to see, and I wish we could see more, is more Sammy Sosa now. Because Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire is a boring dude with, you know, kind of bad fucking facial hair that he's had his whole life that he's never thought of any other way to look. You know, he always looks like himself. Sammy Sosa, dude's got style. He's got suits. He's got artwork in the back. The beautiful artwork in his house. Beautiful. What couch. was that? I don't know. I don't know about that. That I weird cl- the, the clown painting in the back. Yeah, it was shit awesome. out of me, dude. Come yeah, on. he got that from John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, <laughs> good, that's good an friend. original John Wayne Gacy print, and you're ripping on it. That man's what? a mass murderer with some talent. What we I just what we don't realize. Yeah, what we never realize is that the Ricketts. Are uh, that's what they want him to apologize for? Was his <laughs> friendship John with Gacy, John Wayne yeah. Gacy? <laughs> you know, and, and, and Bill Sugars brings up Bill Sugars brings up a great point that the St. Louis groundskeeper kid got as much screen time as Sosa. <laughs> well, wasn't so this much- the St. Louis groundskeeper kid that gave that gave the ball back to Mark McGuire? Now that's who got the because it was a uh, it was a line drive home line run that drive barely made it out of the park. Right, he went into the bullpen, and this groundkeeper got it and gave it back to him. Blah blah blah. Groundkeepers aren't allowed to keep the ball anyway. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, everybody knew that that ball was going to be recovered by a Cardinals employee because when well, he maybe, hit it, nobody expected it to be a home run. Well, not if it well, went in the stands. Then it right, gets, and, and, it, that, and they did show that a lot in the stands. No, but I'm no, but I'm were, saying that specific one. They knew that that ball, the way that it's like, it's almost like he hit it. So that it wouldn't go into the stands, if that was possible. If you if you take a look at the documentary, it was interesting because it was it was crazy. Just the fever that when these guys caught these home runs, there were fights, lawsuits, brawls. Everybody's diving to get these balls, and then this, like I said, this one ball that just barely made it over the fence was just four or five. Oh God, my tie! Yeah, I, I just I just put the picture of my tie. Uh, oh, and these children are bum rushing my tie guy and trying to steal the ball from him, but the ball is rightfully my ties. Um, and yeah, I, I really and uh, Jose Orlando writes in the editing sucked. What did he say? I don't know. Oh, I lost sorry. the comment. The editing sucked, but it would have been cool to see my tie guy steal from a kid a home run hit by Sosa in 1998. Though I think that could maybe be arranged. Uh, you know, at some point well, with all know, the splicing they did, they should have just spliced my tie in. Well, that that's when he, that's when he actually posted. It was when we were talking about the fact that they were taking crowd shots from 2015. That's when he originally posted that. Yeah, you might line. as well have so, my tie in there. Yeah, no, but you might as well have my tie in in the uh, in the whole now, run. The thing that made that me laugh, and I don't know if everybody remembers this, but the Cubs played the Cardinals at the end of the season when the home run race was extremely close, and. Uh, the Cubs pitchers were talking about how nobody wanted to be the one that gave up, 
number 62 to McGuire. And the guy that actually gave up home run number 62 was Steve Traxel, who at a time was decent for the Cubs, probably one of their best starters, but they sucked in the 90s anyway. But Traxel, this is hilarious right here, this tweet that I saw. It says, the irony of Steve Traxel complaining about a lengthy delay between pitches. Steve (laughs) Traxel's nickname was the human rain delay. And so in the documentary, Traxtel is extremely offended because McGuire hits number 62. And if you remember the whole moment, he jumps in the stand because Roger Maris's family is in the stands at the game. And then Sammy Sosa comes in from right field and they do the, you know, the, the McGuire home run thing, which was like a, like a punch in the gut. And then McGuire did the Sammy thing, the kissing thing. And, 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 and Traxler was totally annoyed because of how it was delaying his rhythm. It was, and that was the irony. It was like, fuck you, Traxler. You, uh, there's two guys that bored the living shit out of me. It was Steve Traxler and Edwin Jackson. Every time those games would be like four goddamn hours long. And it was half the game was those guys just sitting there looking at the balls, shaking the catcher off, taking yeah. 10 minutes between pitches. So I thought that was hilarious. Speaking of, speaking of pitchers, I had a fun little interchange on Twitter with, uh, Glendon Rush. Uh, last night, and uh, I because I wrote to everybody, I said, "Hey, what were you doing in 1998?" And I just asked on Twitter, and a bunch of people responded. And, and you know, but Glendon Rush told me what he was doing. Well, he was giving up home run number 37 to Mark McGuire, and uh, I thought it was funny. And then I I wrote back to Glendon, and I, and I looked up that home run, and of course, all the home runs from that year are up on YouTube. Uh, and it was, that was a long one. That was an upper decker, you know, <laughs> when, uh, Glennon was pitching for the, uh, the Royals. And I said to Glennon, I was like, well, you know, I guess it, it's not that bad of a shot if you, if you consider the moon, <laughs> like how far away <laughs> the moon is a much, much, much further away. Well, that's the, uh, that's the line from the movie major league. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name <laughs> one Yellowstone. I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I don't know. I'm glad you didn't watch, you didn't really miss much. And what I wonder about is like, and I kind of thought about it in terms of that Sammy Sosa cartoon that we watched <laughs> in, in, in that, like, it felt like Sammy Sosa paid for that to be made so that, you know, everybody would know how great he was. And, and, and that was before, like, he was out of baseball, really, and totally banned that that cartoon came out. But it felt like it was something that, you know, a player made to, to make sure it happens so that, uh, you know, to make put them in a good light. And that's what last night felt like for Mark McGuire, not for Sammy Sosa at all. But I want to see more of Sammy Sosa. And Sammy Sosa, if, if baseball keeps snubbing him, he should get fa- – I mean, he's already – he's always going to be famous, but he should get famous in a completely different way and, like, you know, have, like, an epic reality show or something like that in which, like, you know – we get we just the life life and the life and times of Sammy Sosa or something like that. He's like rolls around Dubai in a Rolls Royce with Robin Leach. Well, Robin Leach is I'm sure dead at this point, but you know what I mean. Like I need more Sammy in my life, and if baseball doesn't bring him back, I'm going to seek it out myself uh, on my own. I might even move to Dubai. So if we take a look at it, if you're in the Chicagoland area, even before this documentary came out, Kaplan had an interview with Sammy Sosa recently, and today on the score. It was Mully and Haw who had their chance. And if you've been paying attention, 
this whole Sammy thing, it's gotten old to me. It's gotten stale. Whether they bring him back or not at this point, I, and I don't know how other people on here that are listening, following along, how they feel. But yeah, right kinda, now, I'm interested. I, I'm kind of tired of this. Uh, I was listening to the you know, the interview this morning on the score. You know, and, and, and Sammy mentioned Mark is Mark. I helped loosen him up a little bit, which is if you saw that yesterday, yeah, that's exactly, you know, because Sammy was more exciting than McGuire and, and more interesting and wanted to be a part of it where McGuire didn't like the press. Sammy says, I have a lot to tell Cubs fans. They help me a ton. When I get a chance to come back, tears will flow. It'll be a good time. I hope Absolutely. fans will be happy. And, yeah, there is a lot of good memories about it. At the same time, though, he, he he's saying the same thing to Kaplan, the same thing tonight on Sports Tonight, uh, Sports Feed Tonight, and then on Molly Hall, you know, you know, time's going to heal all wounds. I'm getting to the point where I don't know if it's going to anymore. I think that everybody is so dug in. Uh, Sammy thinks that the numbers don't lie. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and, and I do feel bad for Sammy because I take a look at what Bonds and uh, I see Clemens' numbers going up and Sammy's not. Um, and if you're going to let one guy in, to, you know, Sammy's the only guy that ever hit, you know, 60 home runs three seasons in a row. So if you're going to be talking about letting steroid guys in, let them all in. Yeah, exactly. In one year. It's steroid year. Everybody does shit tons of drugs. We all go down to Cooperstown, all pumped up. You know, I'm talking like people getting blown out of their minds, like taking LSD, like rolling into Cooperstown. Sammy gets like does all his drugs. Everybody does a big flex competition. We get Lou Ferrigno to hand everything out. It's going to be massive. Everybody's going to be massive. It's going to be People will die. We'll have fun, and uh, that'll be that year's induction into into Cooperstown. But why you know, not have a steroid wing if you need to asterisk? Actually, actually, room. Have an okay. asterisk room. Okay, Hall of Fame weekend hasn't come yet, right? No, so it's not happening this year. Right, twenty twenty is the perfect, perfect year time. for Put the steroid in. Hall of Fame class, where you send everybody oh, in. Pete Rose gets in. <laughs> Joe you know, Jackson, Shoeless Joe. Shoeless, Shoeless Joe goes there's, in. There's Asterisk. No group. ceremony, no nothing. They just all get in and we all forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a room. They have their own room. The asterisk room. Now it's time for another commercial interruption from our partners at betonline.ag, where there is no shortage of action going on. See the sports world, it's slowly making its way back right now. Not baseball, of course, because, you know, Rob Manfred hates it. But NBA's coming back. It's coming back in July. And uh, right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, international soccer, they've all resumed playing. And Bet Online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Now, if you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. So uh, go to betonline.ag where you can find hundreds of live casino games, you can find poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. So visit betonline.ag on your computer or on your mobile device and join now and receive your free welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts, and we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. Now, Sammy mentions he never tested positive, which we talked about. That is uh, accurate. He technically never did, even though he says he took Flintstone vitamins. It sucks and, that he's uh, still lying. He's still lying and being, you know, it, it, it kind of does it with a bit of a uh, uh, a little wink. Right. Out, but, that, you know. that's, 
that's the thing that bothers me. And I know people love Sammy and, and there's guys that have their whole Twitter brand is about bringing Sammy back and blah, blah, blah. He, he doesn't, if you pay enough attention, he doesn't endear you well. And that's the thing. And, and I'm sorry, cause I'm not a Cardinals fan, but when you take a look at McGuire, at least he freaking said the truth. It, and again, it wasn't the greatest apology. It was kind of half-hearted apology. But to me, I'm just kind of well, like, everybody look, was doing it. No, right, you know, exactly. You know, there and then, don't like, follow me. Don't do what I did, but I did yeah. it. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to recover from injuries. Fine, whatever. But you know what? To me, it's just like with, with Sammy just constantly defying. It's just like, dude, you know what? Just fucking say, you know what? I did some things I regret. I really, really feel sorry that... I did things. I don't really want to discuss them further in matter, but I did things that really weren't appropriate. And, and, and I, I want to give back to the game. I feel bo- sorry for what I did. And I, I think, and that's it. Just fucking just at some point own up that you do have some responsibility in this. I don't know why the Ricketts are going to die on this hill. I really don't. I don't, they had nothing to do with the team when <laughs> Sammy was around. I don't ever understand why when the Cubs were rebuilding, I was at Cubs con in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, when the team fucking sucked and there wasn't shit to get excited about. That was the time to bring Sammy Sosa back when nobody gave a shit about, yeah. you know, free agent signing Edwin Jackson. Bring him back. Let everybody have some fun for a couple of years when you knew the Cubs were going to suck, but they didn't. And so now I understand Sammy's a distraction, but at the same time, I just don't, I don't care. I like, it's like, it's like I have two people on opposite sides, and I think both of them are being completely stupid, and I'm getting tired of this argument. Well, the, 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 well, the thing that I'm tired of is, like, everybody playing, like, morality police, police with the whole damn thing. Because it's like, dude, if you don't like Sammy, then don't like Sammy. But you got to admit the dude's entertaining. Like, were you not riveted to your television every time he was speaking last night behind that crazy clown painting? (laughs) You know what I mean? He looked insane. I mean, you know, he's got it. obviously some, you know, I think some mental eccentricities at the very least. You know, the fact that he's like a businessman, whatever that means. What does this man sell? He's in Dubai. He's got shit tons of money. He's running around with princes like who knows, he, but he's also a family man. He's got grandchildren that live with him. Like the man is fascinating. He came from nothing and he ends up there. He's like almost like Michael Jackson in a certain w- sort of way in which like he's a poor kid from Gary, Indiana gets a shit ton, like way too soon. He was signed at age 14. You know what I mean? And people are not being understanding that a man like that might have to play things a little bit different than Mark McGuire is going to play him. And that Sammy, you know, right now, like, sure, if he's contrite, I'm actually a little disappointed. If Sammy shows is like, well, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I want to be Sammy. Do you you remember what happened? Right here. You know what I mean? Like, I want to remember what happened when Pete Rose finally came out and said it. Like, all of a sudden, half the people that were on his side who could at least hide behind the whole, well, he, he's never admitted to it. As soon as he admitted to it, everybody was like, all right, screw that guy. Yeah, it makes you a liar. Again, you know? come right. clean, be honest, and, and and people are – we are a very forgiving society, I feel. Yeah. But if, if all Sammy had to do was just say, you know what, I did things I regret. I, I followed the rules of baseball, but there were things that I should, shouldn't have done that I did. I wasn't always the greatest teammate, but I love the fan. I love the team. I love the city. Blah blah. blah. It just it could be. I don't, I don't. I don't even need that. I mean, I don't care. But how I hard just, is that? 
I don't, I don't think any of us need it. I, I don't think Crawley yeah, does it I just, I, I just don't that care. You're saying that if like, he would do that, more people would be on his side, I think, ultimately. Like, I mean, I, I know I, you, you, if, if Sammy maybe, walked in, 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 into the room next year, Cubs Con, that's not going to happen. But, like, it, you know, but if you walked into the room, what would you do? Are you cheering or booing? Because you got to, or just sitting there? Like, are you just like, so oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering. I'm, I'm cheering, cheering Danny, him. because I'm usually about 25 beers in by the time these guys get in, these guys get started. So I, I'm definitely cheering. I'm yeah. Usually I'm cheering, cheering the pizza delivery guys. So it's not a really big thing. <laughs> I'm but cheering most, everybody at that point, right? Uh, honestly, I'm gonna be honest, man. Uh, is that I, everybody would love it? Nobody doubts it. It's just get the shit together. You know, I, I don't, like I said, you know, get in a room with Tom Ricketts, apologize to Tom Ricketts, kiss the ring, whatever you got to fucking, I don't know. I don't give and a actually, shit. Actually, I'm more against that than anything. Like if he came out and said it, I'd be, you know, it, it, fine. If, if he wants to do it for the people, but in, but in a, in a way, at the, I, end of that, at the end of that, he should say, I didn't do this for Tom. Screw you, Tom. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I did see a little clip in there, and I couldn't find it, but that le- that Sammy Sosa was on Letterman. So I thought that would be fun to see. It's probably just a little 10-minute thing, but if anybody – I'm let me just put that out there. If anybody can find that clip of Sammy Sosa on Letterman, and don't send me the one of when Biff – remember Biff, the uh, sound guy on Letterman? Yes. That – they have a, a a bit that they do where Biff goes and talks to Sammy Sosa. Now I want Sammy Sosa interviewed on Letterman because I couldn't find that. I would love to, again. It's it's just this this. I feel like it's dragged on. The the time to have oh. Sammy back, like I said, perfectly would have been for the 2014, the party of the century. Have him back at Wrigley Field. They yep. fucked it. They they fucked it up. That's that's all there is. And now it's just like. Is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? It's one of those feuds, and, you know, we've all been in, like, maybe long-time feuds where, like, you know, things were left in a shitty way with somebody else, you know, like a a person that had been a friend of yours, and it ended kind of bad, and then you just don't talk for a long time. But nobody's mad anymore, really, about anything that transpired about that night you got in that big fight or, you know, whatever it was that kind of ruined your relationship. But... You know, it's the fight has gone on so long that it's awkward to text or call, and you know, you know we're gonna wait for a time, and then and then you're like, I'll call him on New Year's Day. That'd be a good day. You're just like, start again, and you call him on New Year, and you're like, and you don't call. You're like, well, no, I can't call him on Valentine's. So you now I gotta wait another year. I can't call him in the summer because that's when we fought in the first place. So I have to wait a whole other year until it's New Year's Day. I could call the guy again. Speaking <laughs> of awkward, though, was anyone? And this goes out to any of you watching right now. Was anyone thinking how awkward it is that it seems like Kerry Wood was on this documentary? Huge. I wanted to bring that up, too. And that's huge because he's the one that supposedly smashed the boombox. And that does not feel accidental to me. Right. And for whatever reason, all of a sudden to me, Kerry Wood is like the Sammy Sosa apologist. Like, ever to me, this, this is my opinion. I have no inside knowledge on this. But I always feel like if it was... I, I was asking my brothers in from Colorado, Michael, and, uh, you know, um, we we're talking about it. We watched the documentary last night, and I'm like, you know, why would the Ricketts give a shit about Sammy Sosa when they bought the team? Like, honestly, like, like, do you think, like, the Ricketts were, like, bought the team or, like, fuck Sammy Sosa? I don't think so. I think somebody got in their ear and was kind of like, fuck that guy. Don't 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 let him in. Don't, don't let him into the party. Like, uh, yeah, right, fuck yeah. that guy. We, we don't want him here. Well, we, I, I, we've always – we've already, you know – 
throwing out the theory, the Cubspiracy, that he Davey Martinez, uh, Tom Ricketts wife. So <laughs> yeah, that, but that's I, where I, we I, think. I, I, that's I what the real, about. you know, right after he apologizes for being friends with John Wayne Gacy, he's got to apologize for <laughs> screwing Tom's wife. But I just think that there's something that when there's all a lot of, sudden, of apologies we just don't know about. When you have a guy that hated Sammy as much as Kerry Wood did, and Kerry Wood is so beloved by the Rickens, like beloved, you know what it's kind of like when all of a sudden somebody seems like, like, oh, it totally wasn't me that 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 narked on you, man. It was somebody else. Like that's what I feel like with Kerry Wood is like, like he's on this documentary, like, oh, we were so excited every time Sammy came up to bat. What? You all fucking hated Sammy. Yeah. Don't lie about it, dude. You're the one who destroyed his boombox. Well, and whatever, dude, if you wanted to, I don't give a shit if you believe you carry around your place in this situation, which was I like Sammy. And you're talking about Mark Grace. You're talking about uh, Kerry Wood. There are a lot. Of, uh, they, we talked earlier about Steve Trax. So those guys, you, there's, there's no way any of those guys would ever vouch for Sammy Sosa. And I don't think the Ricketts would have ever bought the team been like, we're buying the team, but as, a, as, as as part of this, we don't want Sosa around. No, I no, it's, that- it's, yeah, it's the old players. I, I agree. And for Kerry Wood to be in there and being a Sammy Sosa apologist, and even if he's doing it through clenched teeth, you know, and Ricketts is like, listen, we want to bring Sammy back. The fans need it. Fans want it. They're coming after us for it. Kerry, you got to go out there and just fall on your sword. I'll, I'll give, you know, a million dollars to the Wood Foundation or whatever it is that I got to do. But just get up there so that we can bring Sammy back and make a shitload of money at CubsCon 2027 or whatever <laughs> their plan is. Um, we have a, a listener writing in. Oh, yeah, put it back on there. Dave Arnold writes in and says, Grant DePorter told me that Wood – Kerry Wood told him that the relievers all stoked Sammy's bat and burned burned them in the country after the cork incident. You could hear the cork popping. Yeah, I uh, think he said. I think he meant stole. stole. Yeah, stole, stole. They stole. They so stole the bats. I mean, yeah, Sammy cheated. No doubt about it. Sammy did steroids, which wasn't technically illegal at the time. Uh, Sammy also uh, did. Uh, he corked his bat. He got caught for that. Got suspended for that. Sammy. Did a lot of things, but you got to consider who Sammy Sosa is, where he's from, the adversity that he faced, what he felt like he had to do to stay on top, um, to, to take care of his family. Like you can judge him all you want, boo oh. him at Cubs convention, but I'm going to get, I'm going to hold him to a different standard, not a lower or higher standard, just a bit of a different standard than I'm going to hold somebody like Mark McGuire. So I'm not going to be like, Hey, Sammy's got to come back. on. We, we don't know what happens to him. If he goes back and Papa Henry or what, what was that guy's name? Papa Joe, Papa Joe, oh, Papa Joe. You know, we don't know what goes, what happens. I mean, right no, after no, Papa he, Henry, the, the guy from the Dominican Republic, the guy, yeah, that, the, the, the Dominican China, China shoe. Yeah. Remember that, that guy? guy, that guy beat and who the moved crap in with out of Sosa every Sammy's year mom. that he didn't win the, <laughs> yeah, that, moved, the home run title. Yeah, he moved in with Sammy's mom. Just so like Sammy got like five grand. I think he was doing the whole family to be honest. Like, I think oh, that was yeah. like, yeah, I, I think in general though, it would, you know, Obviously, everybody wants Sammy back. I'm not on the build Sammy a statue, but you know what? They have even like the girl, the girl that sells the most Girl Scout cookies, do the seventh inning stretch. Who gives a shit? Have him come back. Have him throw a first pitch. Have him sing the stretch. And By the way, just I have it on. It. I have it on good authority. That girl does steroids. <laughs> How do you think she sells so many freaking cookies? She is so fast, house to house. It's amazing. 
want to buy some cookies? Want to buy some cookies? Ding dong. Danny. Danny is other going girls to get tired. She's just getting warmed up. Danny's getting the timer ready. Okay. He's going to, he's yeah, going to yeah. talk to okay. Siri. Yeah. Okay, well, and guys, we ready. know that we have been <laughs> bitching about. We're all sick of it. We're all sick of it. I'm going to start now because we'll even have the intro be a part of it. Hey, Siri, set a timer for five minutes from now. Okay, five minutes. We're going down. Here we go. Pardon the interruption, but have you ever wondered how you can help out the Sunranto show? Well, let me tell you how. You can go to sunranto.com and use our Amazon search bar for all the crap you buy on Amazon. Um, it doesn't cost you an extra dime, but it helps out the show, uh, you know, which is, you know, we do, uh, you know, every week and we bring it to you. Uh, this version is free. Uh, and, uh, you know, the way that you can help us and not pay a dime for it, but still help is by, by going to sunranto.com slash shopping. And right there, you will see an Amazon search bar. You use that search bar and you buy stuff that you need through us and that's that's all it is it's so simple and uh, you'll see some other stuff at sunranto.com slash shopping if you shop at the MLB shop or you shop at Fanatics or Fans Edge or Reebok or any of those places you can help out the show by shopping there uh, through us and it really does help us out a lot um, there's wine of the month, beer of the month, all sorts of cool stuff, sports memorabilia just buy it through us, we get a little kickback if, if you, uh, you know, click on the, the links there and then uh, buy stuff you know, that's, it's just that simple. So uh, if you don't want to do that, or, and if you never want to hear a, an ad from me again or the Sun Ranto Show, why don't you subscribe? It's very simple. You go to patreon.com slash sunranto, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o. And you give us a dollar a month or two dollars a month or three dollars or five dollars or fifty dollars a month. And you show your love for the Sun Ranto Show. There's perks at every level. At the $5 level, you get all the music, which uh, we're releasing an album very soon. So uh, you can get that, you know, for, like, just pledging a little bit more. $5 a month, and uh, and you get that. So patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support us at sunranto.com slash shopping. It really does help the show. So, um... That's it. That's uh, I guess all I got to say about it. I uh, love you guys, but uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to help us because uh, you know this pandemic is no good for anybody. All right, thanks. Uh, back to the show. Rob Manfred's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you guys it's be are, five minutes of silence because we just don't want to talk yeah, about yeah, it anymore. Yeah, exactly. No, here's here's what happened. All right, MLBPA. They came out today after. Well, basically, Rob Manfred said. Hey, there's not, there's definitely going to be a season. And then he's like, there might not be a season because I'm Rob Manfred and I hate baseball. And like maybe a good, no season uh, year would be really good for me because I hate baseball. But the, then MLBPA and Tony Clark said, players are disgusted that after Rob Manfred unequivocally told players and fans that there would be 100% a 2020 season, he has decided to go back at his word and is now threatening to cancel the entire season. Any implication that the Players Association has somehow delayed progress on health and safety protocols is completely false. As Rob has recently acknowledged, the parties are very, very close. So I'm going to go quickly here. A couple of things here. Manfred said this is going to be a disaster, that MLB's decision to end good faith negotiations. Bullshit. There were never good faith negotiations. If you take a look, I have a picture right here that shows... Three Spider-Mans pointing at each other. The original proposal, the second proposal, the third proposal. We talked about it. 
yeah, it's all the same fucking 30, thing. 30 percent of the salary. I have another where it says negotiations to get it close to a deal. Offer the same thing four times, and the car's veering towards the four times. The point being is this: is that the way it worked is that you could have easily played a seventy-game season. The MLB players all asked for their prorated salary, and now the owners are wanting the players to basically sign away, saying that they don't have. They're not going to uh, hold the league liable for anything if they get COVID. And I think that somebody just – and Bill Sugas, I think, maybe mentioned it. If uh, Not this one right here. I'm looking for it. But there was uh, players that have tested positive for COVID. And so we already have this before the season even starts. So now you have a, you're risking the players' lives. You're trying to cut their salaries. All for what? Money. <laughs> Good old-fashioned American money. I mean, no, that's what it is. I mean, it's it's so sad that, you know, the billionaires aren't willing to spend some of their money. Like, money should expire. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be great if you had expiring money? So you're a billionaire. You got $3 billion, and a billion of it's going to expire because, oh, I'm in the last year of expiration of my money, which is kind of what they get with inflation, that it, you know, slowly just gets worth less every, every year. But, but they should, it should completely expire and be unusable. So they have to spend it. They've got to give it to poor people and they got to, you know, build something that will help people or, you know, and then maybe they'll get some more expiring money if they do the right thing with it. And you, you can maybe modify their behavior, but they, all the billionaires have to do, and they have the money to pay it. It's like $11 million a team. They could have had the success story of a July 4th baseball season. You know, that was, that was a, oh, I was right there for him. Oh, here's 4th of July, America, apple pie, baseball. They fucked it up. They couldn't get it done. They failed us. They failed the fans. They failed the players. They failed the sport of baseball, which they are the stewards of, by the way. MLB is the stewards of the game of baseball at the highest level. Well, guess what? You're going to lose that shit to Korea. You're going to lose that shit to China. You're going to lose that shit to the goddamn Chicago Dogs because they're going to have a goddamn season because you guys can't fucking figure it out. Period end of story. I like thing, to watch the, the 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 players said, "Tell us when and where to play. You want you want to sit there. We're not going to negotiate anymore. Tell us when and where." And now this is where Manfred comes in and gives his bullshit of, "I don't know if we're going to have a season." Yeah. Fuck you, Rob Manfred. Yeah, fuck you, Rob Manfred. With a chainsaw, Michael. We haven't let you talk because you didn't even want to talk about this at all. No, I think everybody knows exactly where I stand. <laughs> I, 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 I think that people that listen to this show sometimes go to sleep and they hear me in their nightmares. They wake yeah. up and they just want to punch my, Rob Manfred in the face. Yeah. I mean, uh, Artie Boucher writes in via the Purple Dinosaur podcast, which I know you listen to, Michael Manfred making Goodell look like fucking Midas. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we have we have no idea. The double F, the double F, the fail, failblog.com, motherfucking fail. Honestly, the only sport that can't divide up billions of dollars. Are you freaking kidding me? And you had absolutely every opportunity to have this hold this time to just baseball that everyone would have watched just baseball. Everybody, like I said, a million fucking people watched the tiger King. You have this opportunity. You fucked it up. Congratulations. Assholes. That's it. It's That's over. It. Uh, we move on because yeah. every other podcast we've done this month has been like an hour and a half of that shit. So I, I think know. we have, a, I think I have a story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have more fun on this show. 
Uh, but either way, let me just uh, end that segment with uh, fuck Rob Manfred. <laughs> he hates fucking baseball. All right. Uh, here comes Crawley's theme song because it's story time, baby. It's story time. Story time with Crawley, with Crawley, with Crawley. Story time with Crawley. It's Crawley story time. The date was April 2018. And I took a trip to Milwaukee. Uh, to drink some nice cold beers at the Ivy Envy tailgate. There's, you can see my beautiful writing on that beer cup on the tailgate. And uh, if you don't know, Ivy Envy would always do these tailgates. It'd be a lot of fun and it would bring a lot of great people together. Um, and so we went up to Milwaukee. Danny was there. I was there. A lot of people that have li- listening were here. And it was a cold ass day to start the season. They had snowmen out there. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about it was that uh, you had these situations where you um, Darvish was pitching and he struggled, obviously, that year. But you Darvish had one of his best starts. He uh, went uh, six innings pitch, gave up two hits, one run, nine Ks. Cubs were facing Zach Davies, who went six innings pitch, four hits, one run, eight Ks. Eric Thames had a solo home run in the fourth. Brian answered a little bit later. The Brewers take a two to one lead in the eighth on a low cane sack fly, Lorenzo Kane. And, uh, you know, we, again, we were having fun. This is a picture of Danny with his, um, fisheye that he created from the Cole sign. Oh, for I, was Ryan Braun. I was really hoping you were going to show that picture. Yeah, Absolutely. And, yeah. And I, there's a great picture that I have actually of Corey's daughter. Uh, Corey Finneran's daughter, and she's holding up that side and just with the most intense look on her face. I just love it. Um, look how fat I was. Oh, my God. But, uh, you know, I sat there and I gave the old Bud Seelig experience a <laughs> fuck you, but little did I know that now I, 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 I mean, garbage can. The Seelig experience is a garbage can. That's hysterical. We had a couple ring bears with us at that game. Uh, Melissa Hurd and Michael were ring bears with me. They were at the game too. So it was a lot of fun. Cubs are down 2-1 in the eighth. Corey Nabel was the uh, Brewers closer. He was injured. And so in the ninth inning, there were two airs that opened the door for the Cubs. Carantini reaches on an air. Hayward walks. And then Bias hit what should have been a game-ending double play. Shaw couldn't get it out of his glove. Zobrist infield single ties it at two. Hap walks up to bat who had struck out three times in the game and he singles to left center to give the Cubs now the four to two lead. Uh, and Bryant is intentionally walk. He's a double short of the cycle. He had a single, a triple and a home run. John Lester sacrifice bunt. He scores Zobris and the Cubs win five to two. The Ivy envy crew goes nuts we got the W flag Yeah, flying. baby. Look at you that. Can Robert, Chase. You can see Robert Davies. Can't really see because it's like kind of blurry. There's Danny. There's, there's me. There's Chase. Oh, James Longstreet, I believe, is right behind uh, Robert Davies. There's John Pankis. Who's in the middle? That's you right here. But I, oh, that's I, me? I, yeah. Oh, so the one person I really don't recognize is me? And so we're all taking pictures and scanning movies. And this was my favorite. This was a Brewers guy that had a message for us. He was not too happy with the way the game ended, but fuck him. Brewers lose. Cubs win. We celebrated pretty good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we're not, they're not Brewers fans to our left in that during that we were game. surrounded by brewers well of course we were at we were at uh county stadium or whatever they call it now um but uh no weren't weren't there brewers fans to our left that were wearing wigs i want to say yeah, there was, 
there there was a lot of weird it was a weird game it was, it was a weird, weird game, shit yeah. we it had a lot freezing. of fun it was, it was cold freezing. but we enjoyed it and, and thank you IVNV. we love you guys and uh and it IV was Envy. always a blast last year for IVNV. sad but i'm gonna play the theme song again because it's funny story time with crawly with crawly with crawly story time with crawly it's crawly story time so I should put it was Crawley story time at the end, you know, <laughs> just so we all know. So thanks for doing that. I, I think it's a great bit, uh, you know, for for a show like ours because Crawley, you've been to so many ball games. You've got you take tons of pictures. Uh, we should have uh, you know different story times. Maybe we should have story time with Michael or Michael. You need your own bit, so I need a, a theme song for you. What, what do you want your your bit to be? Hard my, times with Michael Cotton. <laughs> I, I I just thought every time I ranted was my bit. Yeah, yeah, that, that is your bit. Just me yeah. actually going going nuts. No, uh, I don't know. We'll, no, but Crawley, we'll, you're, you're we'll talk about it some other time. Yeah, we'll talk but, about it some other time. Maybe a Cubspiracy bit or uh, oh, you know what? People yeah. who are listening, Cubspiracy. Yeah, yeah, what should Michael Cotton do? Father, see, John Friedman says, "Father Cotton, confession time." Oh, I like <laughs> so, so what? We have to confess to Michael Cotton. What do uh, Cubs confessions? Cubs confessions. Oh, I, oh, I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, write that down on a piece of uh, paper. Yeah, some some Cubs confessions where people DM me on Twitter and tell me their worst stories, <laughs> and then I repeat them on this, but I don't say who it is. Yeah. Well, or, no, it, it can be. Uh, look, I'll give you a Cubs confession right now. After I don't Cubs, think we want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, Father it, Michael has spoken. Some, some, some sometimes, uh, you know. Some of those stories are best yeah, yeah, yeah. like for example, he adds them to a loop and plays them in the middle of the show. Carrie Bronner, for example, like, yes, in Cubs Church, you, Michael, you go to Cubs Church, and then everybody's got to confess. And it doesn't have to be you and me, Crawley. Like we don't have to give all our deepest, right. dark secrets on the show. Although I'm glad to because they're great stories. I'm just <laughs> saying, like for example, another example would be I was at the World Series game three when the Cubs lost. Uh, Hendricks versus Josh Tomlinson. And I'm going to confess to Michael right now. I thought the Cubs were going to lose the World Series after game three. Oh, really? Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. I'm giving uh, you a confession. What do I got to right, do to I, repent? I got to figure out like what your penance is going to be. Some sort of like a, uh, you know, well, all right. pop, you got to, you know, uh, hail, hail Harry's. You got to say 10 hail Harry's. That's three, dude. That's only three. Yeah, that's I know. Crazy. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot harder than you think. Yeah. My beer bong's downstairs. <laughs> I didn't think I would need it tonight. Some, oh, man. some Hail Harry's. And, right. uh, uh, I got a Cubs confession then. I, I got one. Um, here's my Cubs confession. During game seven of the World Series of that very same year, 2016, during the rain delay, uh, uh, I was outside having a cigarette, you know, just outside the gates because they were letting us out, you know, just, uh, you know, right into the alley and then letting us back in with a hand stamp. And I went out there, I was smoking with the Cleveland Indians fan. And you remember that rain delay was very quick. What, 17 minutes? 17 minutes. Yep. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, any, it was barely enough time to get out and have a cigarette. And all of a sudden we hear somebody's like, hey, the game's starting. We're like, what the fuck? And we're out there smoking. So we put out our cigarettes. But right before, but while we were having our cigarettes, I had a conversation with this Indians 
fan who was also a smoker. And I said, hey, this is really stressful. We're tied. Our teams are tied. We could both, uh, you know, maybe just get rid of our drought right now. How about you and me, fan to fan, we agree on a tie. And so him and I agreed and we shook on it. We said, okay, it's tied. We tie forever. Game's over. You know, uh, it's, uh, you know, seven to seven, everybody goes home or six to six, everybody goes home happy. And uh, we agreed to that that night. Um, So I actually agreed to a World Series tie during game seven of the World Series. That's kind of a Cubs confession. Yeah, that that is a confession. But deep in your heart, you knew. You knew you were like, yeah, this sucker's. I did. Down. I knew. That, <laughs> I knew when we showed up to that stadium that night because all of the Indians fans were like, oh, you know, if if uh, you know we don't win, which would be great, you know, I really am glad for you guys. I'm like, losers, losers, you're losers. <laughs> you know, you know, you're going down, so you're just already been like, I'm really happy for I'm you. At, I, you I'm, at two, I'm at two percent battery here, so. Oh. All right, I'm, that's I'm up there, but I do want to before I leave, you know, just wish a really happy birthday to <laughs> Billy. Oh yeah, and I do Billy Billy Williams, and I and I did. Carly asked me to get some Billy Williams photos, and I yeah, did. Yeah, show me some Billy Williams. All right, photos here we go. First birthday. Here's Billy Williams. Wait, smoking a cigarette back when you could. That, and that, uh, inside too. Well, There's Billy well, Williams. That's and interesting. Like, sitting, and it, I guess that's some sort of metal chair mm. or. Oh, he that is sweet, swinging Billy Williams right there. He's yeah. definitely swinging on that one. <laughs> He's swinging something. And then we got Billy Williams. Oh, there's Lando Calrussian oh. in uh, Star Wars. So that's pretty cool. And then uh, then the, you sent me the one picture. Billy had a great career in the movies after he left the Cubs. He really wow. did. And he looked so young there, even yeah, though. You know, you know, even though he was, we got it. See, eighty-seven. What would it be? Billy Williams was born in the thirties? He's in his fifties, right there. Wow, Old forty-five. I, I love that commercial. And then there is uh, Billy Williams and Crawley. I, let me just tell you, I, I've met Billy a bunch of times, and I can just tell you honestly, he is really, truly a great guy. This is a sixteen by twenty I got of him right here. And uh, love him to death. Um, great guy. I got this World Series ball. I got a couple bobbleheads. Yeah, but uh, Carly, know, tell us, tell us really, how many Colt forty fives have you shared with Billy Williams? I wish more than I could say, but uh, <laughs> if, great if he guy. doesn't have a Colt forty five and wearing a cape, I'm going to be upset. Love the guy and uh, happy birthday, Billy. Yeah, how old is he? Eighty two. That's almost the same age as my mother. Wow. Yeah. They should actually get together. Like, you know, is Billy single? Does, does he have a lady friend? My mom's pretty active. He has a wife that is not in good health. So okay. there could be opportunities. Okay. Gotcha. You know we are live, Crawley. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, I, I love this picture of you guys. Uh, and, man, Billy Williams. So, and I have a little Billy Williams uh, memorabilia, too. And, oh, my, uh, my you gotta father, quit sharing. We can't see you. I know, I know. I'll, I'll be to it in a second. I'm, I, I didn't want anybody like seeing uh, me get this down. But check this out. I think we just lost Crawley. But check this out. My dad got me this. Um, to Danny, what does it say? Best always, uh, Reg Wallace, I believe is what, <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is what I'm reading that as. But, um, 
you know, it, it, my dad got me that he worked for, he, he was a translator, but he wasn't always working. You know, he was like a freelance before freelancing was invented. Oh, and, could he, wait, could he translate that autograph? <laughs> Apparently not because, uh, because he said it was Billy Williams and uh, it looks like uh, Bill Wag Wagmeister. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, my dad worked at this like weird golf shop for like two months or something just to make some money for some reason, maybe to buy me a mitt. I don't know. But uh, Billy Williams came in. He had to do some promotional thing. He had some golf clubs coming out or was doing an ad. And my dad always was a big baseball fan, got me into it. So he, uh, you know, he, he got that. He thought to have that signed for me. And he brought it home from work. I didn't think he knew he was going to see Billy Williams that day. And so uh, he didn't have it made out to him. He had it made out to his son, Danny. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of a beautiful thing. And then Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire hit a bunch of home runs, and my dad immediately died the very same year. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's all like this show. I, I need to bring this, this show into a circle. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, that, so that's my little little Billy Williams story, which, uh, you know, I'm always kind of like, have you been around Billy Williams or any of the old Cubs before, like at any events or? No, I have not. Uh, I'm trying to think. No, not at all. I, I would really like to, but uh, no, the closest I came to, I met uh, Gail Sayers, uh, the famous Chicago Bears running back uh, at a, at a fucking Hooters in Davenport, <laughs> Iowa, where he was doing a signing and we got there way too early. And by the time I met him, I was just like, and he was like, dude, you are way too young to ever have like, you were a twinkle in your father's eye. when I was playing football. So yeah, but yeah. I, I actually got a football signed. Not to me, but to my father-in-law, because I was thinking the same thing as you. I thought it would be very nice if he signed it to, well, look uh, my, yeah, if I signed it to my father-in-law. And unlike you with this that beautiful story, uh, my father-in-law just gave that back to us after a few years because he didn't want it. <laughs> my, because my father-in-law hates I'm me. Touching, I'm touching. <laughs> he was um, like, I don't, I don't care if this was. My favorite player when I was a kid. I just don't like anything I got from you. <laughs> so, so before we get into the TFCs, <laughs> well, you're oversharing, Michael. <laughs> that, that needs to no, now that that's your thing, Michael. Instead of uh, ranting, you can just overshare something from your past. <laughs> make us all like awkward. I'm currently like, oh god, I wonder what he did. <laughs> you know, I wonder who that guy is. No, oh, poor. Everybody. So I, I wanted to share a, a poor moment for me, an awkward moment from my past. Just came back into the show to sneeze, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. You know there's a sneeze button. We went over this last time you were on the show. Yeah. Here, here. Oh, he's gonna do it again. I'm gonna bring him on. <laughs> oh, he finally <laughs> hit it. He, he finally realized he I hit it. Danny pulled me back in. Yeah, I pulled him back in. We no, we wanted <laughs> we sneeze on the show. It's this is an unedited live version uh, of the Unranta show. We edit ourselves a little by little. We could pull everyone listening just got coronavirus in their ear. Yeah. Uh, I've been seasoned a lot too. I know it's allergy season for a lot of people, including me. Um, I'm allergic to grass, 
not that kind of grass, but grass. Yeah. <laughs> you were one of those kids that had like the worst summers ever. Yeah. You always met that one kid and you're like, how come he never comes out of his house? Oh, he's, he's allergic to grass. He's allergic to everything. Like, he can't, like, oh, he can't stay with you today. Forever. He's broken into hives again. Yeah. No, oh, that is me. I once got bit by scabies at a uh, comfort inn in uh, somewhere on the south side, southwest Dude. side of Chicago. I, and and I ended up in a bath for like two days. Like I, I couldn't move. Like I was like, uh, I was shivering. Anyway, I want to show you well, another. And, and you've had bed bugs like 27 times. Mm-hmm. Like what's up with you? Like you are, you are that like. You're I'm the, the canary in the. I'm the canary in the coal mine, and I, I take a lot of risks. Boy in the bubble, and the well, bubble and I boy. take a lot of yeah. I'm a bubble boy. No, I'm a I'm a redhead. I've got very fair skin, uh, bordering on translucent. I burn easy. I stay out of the sun. Yeah, I, I don't mind um, uh, moderate temperatures, and that's about it. The extreme warmth or cold, not good for a guy like me. I need to go. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, and I want to share with you. So, I'm an awkward person. Which you, you, you need a T-shirt. Out. I enjoy moderate temperatures. I enjoy moderate temperatures. What is, what is that complicated T-shirt? <laughs> yes, yeah. 74, 75 maybe. <laughs> you know, with it's you know not too much of a breeze would be nice, but a little breeze, um, and out of the sun. And so, anyway, <laughs> I want to sh- on those days sh- when you're wearing a kilt. <laughs> oh no, no, that's nice a little breeze. That's a little too much breeze. If um, so, uh, I want to share another awkward moment that I've I came across. I mentioned earlier in the show that I was at my mom's house all weekend long, visiting with my sister and her. And there's dozens and dozens of videotapes that have uh, survived for you know nearly thirty years now. And I'm like, oh my god, you guys have this on tape, and me singing in an acapella choir, and all sorts of stuff, and lots of family parties. And um, but uh, I figured I'd share a bit a snippet at a time with everybody, just because it's it's quite entertaining, the awkwardness of my uh, chubby stage, and when I was thirteen, fourteen years old, and I I was, and let me just preface it by saying, um, I had cousins, I had lots of cousins, tons of them, not not as many as Lyle Aker, which longtime listeners of this show will know that Lyle has eight hundred cousins, and they're all named Lyle or Stacy. <laughs> and uh, they all live in Maine in one campground, and it's a weird thing. But like, you know. But no, he's got a fifty. I, I've got a fair amount. I got like twelve, thirteen cousins on this side of the family that I'm about to show you. And um, anyway, I'm the only one my age. My sisters had cousins their age. They were all the girls, and they, there's lots of videos of them all splashing in the pool, having a great time playing together. Then there's videos of the older cousins playing basketball. You know, elbowing each other in the ribs, having fun. And, you know, I'm the dude in the middle. It's the only one. People on four years on either side of me, and I'm just the, the one guy. So I was always always sat around and watched the Cubs game. I, I watched uh, at this house, uh, my Uncle Jim's house, uh, watched the Cubs. I watched uh, uh, the fight between Andre Dawson and Eric Shaw at this Ooh, house. Ooh, classic. Yeah, yeah, it was a classic game. I believe it was a Sunday afternoon. Maybe it was a Saturday. Definitely a weekend. And I would drink as much Pepsi then eat as much pizza and cookies as I could at this at these parties. And then sometimes something like this would happen to me when I was the only Cubs fan to show up at a party full of Sox fans in uh, probably around 1988-89. So uh, I'm not sure what season this is, but uh, here's me and my cousin Jay making me very awkward. Sox fans here. Yeah. We got all the Cubs fans here. Yeah. 
Cook State. Black man, no game? You are so, you are so much the catcher from Sandlot. If I had parents, they should have got me into showbiz earlier. I would have got my residual checks early. I would have been in that movie. You, you know honestly, I mean? yeah, you honestly. Ham. You could have played him. <laughs> Easy. Easy. You could have been in there as a stunt double. Mm-hmm. I, I just like one catching the ball. If you were in the Chicagoland area, that was a classic Cub shirt that Danny's wearing, the Snoopy, Snoopy. Yeah. Cub shirt. Oh, you brought it up. I absolutely recall having one of those, and, and, and that was what people wore at the time. Well, uh, technically, that was my father's shirt, and I had given it to – we had given it to him for Father's Day, and um, it didn't fit him because he, he got fat, and I got fat, but not as fat as him. So that ended up being my shirt. That's, and, uh, a, that's a classic 80s shirt. I remember it clearly. Why, why did I go with all white? Like, fat kids should not be going all white. You know, like, don't draw attention no. to all that. You know what I mean? And as pale as you were in that, in, and then the old VHS, like, yeah, it, it wasn't picking up on that contrast at all. Hey, hey uh, Crawley, I think we got your pops in the background. Does he want to be on camera at the end of this show? Oh, hell no. All right, He's right in the back. He's, well, he's getting his screen time in. Yeah, yeah. Well, if if that's if that's the, his cameo, then so be it. So, all right, let's uh, finish it all off with some TFCs, shall we? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, do you, anybody want to go first? Sure, I, I will, just because I literally just found it and uh, I didn't have one because I'm unprepared. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Rizzo's Instagram uh, during the show last night, I assume. Sammy. We want to go back to Wrigley too, my friend. Signed forty four. So, ah, yeah, nice. Old Anthony Rizzo. Well, this, now Sammy that makes me think again. That, like everybody's in on the freaking uh, little move that they're making here. You know what I mean? You get Rizzo saying something. You get Kerry Wood on the show. They're gonna bring him back. They're making it controversial because they know we'll all talk about it. They're giving us something to talk about. Well, which, I think he's also is, saying he just wants to play industry. baseball. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. Well, that's what he's saying. Well. I'm just saying everybody's in on it. Like, So I'm going to take it back a little bit. I'm going to take it back to the Sosa documentary. And uh, Chuck Barney said, long gone summer. Five things we learned from ESPN's film on the Maguire Sosa home run chase. Des- <laughs> at Despio.com says, we didn't learn shit. <laughs> <laughs> We we really did not. We spent two hours not learning, but I did get drunk and have fun tweeting with ex Cubs players. So like it wasn't right. yeah, all lost. I literally learned nothing. That that's the hard th- hard thing sometimes <laughs> about some of these shows. Like I was saying before, I've seen so much about the '98 chase in my lifetime and lived through it and did all the stuff that like literally watching it. I just I didn't get excited about it because it's like I've I've never not had it that sort of thing. And it's like, when you pay attention so much, sometimes shows like this, that's how you feel. I didn't learn anything. I was so excited about this. And I feel like I, I could have just done this show. Hey, it's Carly's daughter. That's my daughter. She's a great, great cub fan. She can keep score. She, we go to her birthday game every year on May 9th. So awesome. All right. 
I'm the twelfth. Let's go, Torres. Oh, Woo. she's starting to dance. She thinks it's TikTok. <laughs> she loves TikTok. I'm, I'm not even going to give her TikTok the out TikTok. here. But, the kids oh love TikTok. God. Tell her, tell her it's not TikTok. That's <laughs> about right. Sunranto TikTok's coming all coming all season long. God, thank God oh. there's no season. Oh my God! Uh, by the way, do Sunranto. No, TikTok. remember I was doing TikToks every day by the end of last season. That was Were about you? to launch. That's, you're all being deprived of my TikToks right now because I do remember you starting to get more, even with your lineups. That, that's what I did. That was my thing. And yeah. Michael Cerami, I got to shout out Michael Cerami because he taught me about TikTok, and and you know I appreciate. He, you know, he learned it because I looked in. Remember when Corey Finneran got Snapchat? I think yeah. he still uses Snapchat. Um, anyway, I think I think it's a great thing. You know, you gotta you gotta like uh, embrace what the kids are doing. Hey, the kids I are was dancing. In- if they're going on, if they're listening to music and they're dancing, they're making up moves. Like that is a positive freaking force in the universe, and I'm gonna support it. Go kids! I, I, I was act- I was actually. I was actually on the scoreboard at Wrigley for my TikTok, which I did, which was the Pedro Stoke bobblehead day. And we were moving the Pedro Stoke bobblehead and it was saying, wobble, baby, wobble, baby, that song. And I was uh-huh. bobbling my head and it was on the Jumbotron. It was absolutely, I'm not really good at TikTok, but I, I did manage to do that. You guys, if, if this pandemic and lack of season continues any longer, we're going to have to do some, uh, some dances. We're going to have to learn a dance. At least one dance. Either that or we could just have my family keep popping in. <laughs> well, well, not, not also that. entertaining. Also very entertained yeah. by that. There's lots of things that we have to be entertained on video right now because nobody's allowed to go outside because of the pandemic. Well, that's why now, now yeah. that we have an opening for this show that we can that's visual, maybe we just do a dance for the opening. That's possible. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I have another TFC, though. It'd be like Beastie Boys. In Th- this, this is... This is- <laughs> This is new cub Jason Kipnis, who uh, tweets out, Dear Adam Silver, you up? As MLB players. I yeah. saw that. Yeah, that was good. That's good. Adam Silver is a good. Everybody he, knows it's broken except for the billionaires who don't care. Yeah. Rob, Manfred, that, Rob Manfred's a piece of shit, and everybody's calling him out. And you see a lot of players today calling him out. to screw, How you screwed this up, they're going to look back on this. And, and when they look at the back of the demise of baseball – Rob Manfred's name is going to be the first one off your lips. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, people forget that he was involved in it. Remember, you guys saw Screwball uh, with the the, yeah, with the little kids. Kid. Yeah, the little kids playing that. Playing, uh, yeah, Rob Manfred's all – people forget that he was all in the middle of that shit, too. He was in the middle of the, you know, the Rodriguez and, like, you know, meeting in shady alleys in Miami and shit, like – Rob Manfred's been around for a while. I, I think the only reason he has his job is because he got shit on everybody. Honestly, oh, yeah, probably. No doubt. That's still why he's up. This is the same reason Craig Kenny's the president. Sorry, Crane. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean you, Crane. I meant a different Crane. A different I, Crane. Yeah, I Crane. Right, I, 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 speaking of yeah. uh, be, being totally disheartened, uh, Mario, I, and I like this guy's a good follow. He tells it like it is. Uh, I don't think he's got a lot of followers, but he comes out of Elmhurst. Mario RNCBA, uh, he says, um, uh, baseball players and baseball owners, you are the most selfish fucking people out there. Nobody gives a fuck about you guys arguing about millions and billions of dollars when half the country is out of work, you selfish pricks. Get it right now. He's got a point. 
He really does have a point. I'm sorry. Were, were we on speakerphone there, Scrawly? No, <laughs> no. They've heard worse. Trust me. You sit with me in a Cub game and you'll hear all sorts of blue language going on here. I was laughing because my brother's here from Colorado. And that was the one we, we were telling a story the other day about, you know, um, me and my brother going to Mark Pryor's debut game and peeing off Wrigley's balcony in the back. So I, I didn't know if he was going to pop into the background. So I got like, Oh, that's another story time with Crawley. We'll have to get, there. we did that one. We did that. We did that one. That was well, Michael. Conn last yeah, yeah. yeah. Where we ended up, uh, Hey, serious. He he's right here. He's coming, but he ends up where we ended up with the, uh, here's my brother from Colorado. He's in the background. Hey, he's right. He's right. There. Hey, brother from Colorado. But, uh, that was, his name's Derek. And that was Derek? the famous story where we ended up going, Hey, do you remember this? Little when known we went fact: to, uh, when Derek we went to the Billy the Ghost Tavern, and we lost your phone in the back of the cab because the guy drove us around for five hours. Yeah. That was a long night. Oh yeah, that, was that, a- that story. I remember that. Yeah, probably does. Probably barely does, but no, <laughs> I don't. I remember bits and pieces, man. But it was a good one. Uh, I have another TFC. If can I go again? You okay. Yes, uh, John Sickles writes in uh, during the draft. He's got a little. Uh, uh, a white check mark. Is there a difference between blue and white check mark? Or the white or- check mark is the one you want right now that we'll never get. Oh, oh really? Okay. I thought the no, I thought the white check mark was just because it was like you had a black background or something. No, well, yeah, basically, yeah. So now or, there's better check marks. This is like no, the- no, no. It's it's a check mark like you said, but because of the background, that's what they use. Yeah. Well, I don't want a fucking check mark. Oh, I, I thought we were in a snitches situation where they yes, had stars on stars. Totally agree, man. This is bullshit, man. I don't want no fucking snitch star. Fuck your check marks. <laughs> Fuck I. <laughs> You can you can take your check marks and shove up your ass, everybody. I've been offered a check mark before, you know, and I said fuck no. And one time I actually applied for a check mark because I thought I needed one, and I got denied. And then from then on in, I was like, fuck your check marks. Anyway, John Sickles Sickles with a check mark said, "If you want to know how much trouble MLB is in, consider this: I am a baseball writer with a check mark." The draft is my favorite time of year because I've got a check mark. But this year, I feel utterly indifferent about the whole process. Anyone else feel that way? Non check mark people? Anyway, uh, yeah, they've disheartened everybody. As Lee Elia has said many times, and he also said, Okay, that's like your Billy Williams autograph. Nobody can tell what that says. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool, man. The kids love it. It's on TikTok. It's what on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a dance to that little disheartening tattoo. <laughs> so Carrie writes in, will there be a story time about why his name is Crawley? Yeah, there was... Yeah, I believe you were just crawling around drunk, right? Yeah, and pretty much. Simple. And that was the question that Michael was asking about why I had number 16 on my jersey. Like all this stuff predates 1998, predates the Sammy thing as far as jerseys are concerned and stuff. So we can definitely have a story time with Crawley about the nickname. I'll see if I can dig up the picture where it all came from. Well, Crawley, I'd like to know what was happening in this picture that I took. I screenshotted this during the Sammy documentary. Uh, here you are in 1998. In center field, it looks like on the road, in, 
I'm not sure where you are there, but we are, we're in right field. Actually, we're yeah, kind of more right center. You're in right and, field, right center. And my buddy was getting nachos. You can see him all the way to the right. He's the S right here. Wait, and are and, you an S or an O? I can't tell you. I'm, I'm the S right all. here. I'm the S on the far left. And so we were getting ready, and we told the camera guy, "Hey, you know, here's what's going to happen. We we were going to spell Sosa out in in, in body paint." And our uh-huh. buddy, who was the other S. He went to go get a, a, the nacho helmet. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, hurry your ass up, man. We're, we're going to be on TV. And so he ran down, and that's why he's got some smearing sweat paint running. Oh, oh, oh you guys were uh, spelling Sosa? Yeah, we were oh, spelling oh, Sosa. Oh, because I only see Ooh, the S. It wasn't S. No, no. Yeah, I, only, I thought you guys were like, it was like cry for help because you were at Bush Stadium. I totally misread this photograph, dude. Oh, like, I, I, I thought it was because it was a cry for help because they were 12 years old and Mai Tai just stole the ball. <laughs> stole <their> ball. <laughs> yeah, live, live footage of Mai Tai stealing a baseball. There it is again. <laughs> <laughs> Mai Tai. <laughs> uh, Mai Tai's been the same age for 47 years and he was there when Crawley. Was I'm just I'm just going to be shocked when Mai Tai has an actual even tan on his forearm. That's going to be bizarre <laughs> for me because <laughs> yeah, because usually Mai Tai is covered up with the wristbands from all right. The- Mai Tai, if you go to Wrigley, the bleachers, you have to get a wristband to show you're 21. And Mai Tai's forearm is usually completely covered in wristbands. And so every year at the end of the year, there's a big ceremony where they get cut off. And he's got like this farmer's tan where he was covered by his 21-year-old, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, ID bands, and this year won't happen. Yeah. I mean, God, I bet you the hair on that side of his arm is just like <laughs> bushy and like he should get a perm. He should perm his arm hair. You know, this is the year. It, it's kind of like when you get a cast taken off your arm, it's all shriveled. Oh God, yeah, that would happen once to me. But and it then really there's and then there's real smells. nasty hair, like it it's to, all matted down, and it smells bad, and you look like your skin is like a, a dead chicken that's been plucked <laughs> off. It's and, not only, not, and not only that, but you smell it, but only when nobody's looking, like you. Oh yeah, oh dude, I don't even totally. care. Like totally. I've I've caught myself smelling my armpits on this show already. <laughs> you know, and on, on this now that we're TV stars, I forget. So, um, the, any any other TFCs? Like, what what do we have to cover in Cubs Worlds? Like, we're only going. No, I think we kind of, I think we kind of got it for the, for the most it, part. I basically have one more that Wilson Contreras is what a joke, you know, to Manford. But I, I think we're all disappointed. But I think we're going to try to keep it lighthearted this time around and just kind of just say, hey, you know, the hope is is that we get some baseball. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be, but. Um, we're, we're sitting here, and in, 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 a lot of us are frustrated because it's like a slow-motion train crash or car crash where we see it coming. It's so simple, and these guys can't get their act together, and the ones that suffer ultimately are the fans. The fans and minor league players and everybody that got drafted this year. So, like, pour one out for the minor leaguers who thought they'd work all their lives and get rich, and instead, like, they got $20,000, which is basically what you can make on unemployment on <laughs> un- unemployment per year with the new six hundred dollar like disaster relief, but I, I we won't get into that now. Uh, I'm just saying it's a shit it's a shit year for a lot of people. But it was a, it you know I have fun with you guys. I have fun uh, with all of the people on the ranchers page. I I definitely have fun with all the the Patreon people that have been with us for years that have supported everything we've done. It's how we got to be TV stars like we are now. Like. 
Pretty soon, we're going to be in Buena Beef commercials. I guarantee you, guys. I guarantee you this is coming now that we've shown our faces. We're going to be modeling soon. Big things are coming, man. Big and, things are and, coming. <laughs> and and you know what? We, we couldn't do it without you guys that are following. And, and I've seen some of you people kind of saying uh, – I'm not trying to say you people like like uh, Pete Riggins, but, uh, <laughs> like Pete Riggins, but sadly, I don't, I don't know that we uh, have many people of color. So I'm, I'm going to say though, I do see some That's people that topic. I do see some people that have been, you know, just you know, sharing this and uh, sharing other people, uh, sharing this. Um, stream with other people and it's just really helpful to kind of you know i love having you guys interact you know a lot of times we have a couple of beers we forget what we're saying we forget where we're going we couldn't do it without you and it's a lot of fun that we're doing this in real time you think these people are helping us stay on target are you kidding me like no no i'm kidding i kid the people that watch us um no honestly i love love you all and uh if you have don't subscribe to us on patreon.com slash sunranto please do it's how we keep this thing alive and uh, ad-free live, ad-free for our Patreon subscribers that listen in podcast form. Uh, I guess that's the end of our show. We're on iTunes. We're on all that shit. You know, sunranto.com, blah, blah, blah. Our web- website sucks because we don't care. And uh, Spagog, I guess, at this point of the night. Of- and, guys, just remember that Rob Manford hates baseball. He absolutely does. Well, that is the closing song, you know. I get, yeah. Crawley, you make a great DJ. We should have a radio show someday when radio comes back and everybody. All right, Spagog, anybody want Spagog? Smilio Iliab. Spagog. I, I, I tried to read that autograph from Billy Williams. Oh. Backwards. Uh- that was it. That was Smilliabliblib. Well, here's the end. Spagat. My name's Danny Rocket. I'm going to sing a little song I wrote about the commissioner of baseball, Bob Manfred. Rob Manfred likes opening days in winter. He likes baseball games that don't go on too long Rob Manfred likes more offense from the hitter Likes juicing up the ball and hitting downs Intentional walks with just a finger Old umpires who are always blowing calls Likes the National League BH But there's one thing Rob Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates baseball It's true Rob Manfred likes a pitch clock for the pitches He likes batters who stay inside the box He likes lessening the ball drag with lower stitches He likes Braves fans and their stupid racist chop Rob Manfred likes pitchers to face three batters And not paying minor leaguers at all 
Likes when catchers don't block the plate But there's one thing Rob Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates baseball It's a shame too, it's such a wonderful sport Rob Manfred likes TV deals and blackouts he likes it when you can't stream on your phone He likes it when ticket prices keep the fans out And upholding the banning of Pete Rose He likes robot umps and putting runners on seconds so extra innings don't go on too long He likes putting money in the bank But there's one thing Rob Manfred hates Rob Manfred hates baseball He wants to punch it in the face Rob Manfred hates baseball Rob, seriously, it's a wonderful sport. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available 
on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.